is all that we see, or seem, but a dream, within, a dream, and so begins. Another Banana Laser Retrospective, with John Crappenders. The Fog. Holy shit! Welcome Laser Nation to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast, the podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of sexy hosts, Alex Edwards. Are you fucking with me? Dave Z. Hey, yo. I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. What's up, Laser Nation, and welcome to Banana Laser. It's episode 42. Don't forget your towel. My name is Matt Wazell, if you're nasty, and with me, as always, is the guy who definitely does not panic, Dave Z. What the fuck is up, Dave Z? Hey, yo, I'm John Crappender. (laughs) (laughs) John Crappender, welcome aboard. Good to have you. Also with us, per usual, is my friend... My brother, my lover, Alex Edwards. Fuck him. <laughs> Tom Atkins? Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah, Atkins. Holy shit, I got John Crappender and Tom Atkins on the podcast? This is awesome. It's going to kick hey, ass. It's getting late. I can use a drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to ask you a question. Are you weird? <laughs> uh, yes, yes I am. Good. This is our start of our John Crappenter retrospective, and we're starting with the follow-up to Halloween, and that is The Fog. So we got that coming up this episode. We got lots of other fun stuff, like uh, we're going to give away some pieces of talent, DVDs, and uh, our friend Alex Aronson is going to hop on and talk about his recent visit to uh, Sundance Film Festival. Show like oh, that. Wow. So that's yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he's going to come on a little later. But I want to talk about a little bit up front of what this episode is. Episode 42. Do you guys know the significance? I sound like Alex right now. Do you guys know the significance? <laughs> I was going to say this, this is very loserish. Of this episode? What 42 is? Doesn't it have to do with um, the end of the world? Like 42 minutes to midnight or something? N- no. Okay. No. <laughs> Good guess, though. Uh, that is, uh, no, it's actually the meaning of life, universe, and everything. 42. Are you guys aware of this? What? Isn't there a movie called 42? No, yeah. it's 1942. It's a video game with uh, planes you shoot out of the sky. <laughs> oh, I love that game. Yeah, it's great. It's about baseball. 42. There's a movie. Yeah, it's actually, I'm just a huge fan of the number 42, or that film. Yeah, rather. Oh, okay. Matt, I got it. 42, that's how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop. <laughs> I thought it was three. Mm. Oh, right. No, that fucker cheated. He cheated. He, he said one, two, three, and he bit into the fucking pop that owl. Hey, I you do- know what they say, eating ain't cheating. No, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The meaning of life, universe, and everything is 42. Do you guys not know about this? No. 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 Okay. I know about the Jackie Robinson story. That's called 42. I'm just surprised that we actually, this is episode 42. And you think about that for a second. I mean, that's a lot of fucking episodes. Between this and Banana Bites, we've done like 80 episodes of podcasting on Banana Laser. It's crazy. 
42. How about you? We'll be making a 10. A 10. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 10. Was that the Uncle Sam episode? (laughs) Ooh. No, that's classic, though, the Uncle Sam episode. But, um, no, episode 10 was uh, Friday the 13th, I believe. One of them. Oh, God. I'm so tired of that shit. I'm not. I'm supposed to get hearing that on every show. Those three words uttered every fucking show. Well, Alex, uh, would you rather us say Friday the 13th or Saw? We guys! Oh! See? Uh, Jesus. Okay. All right, stop. 42 is the natural number immediately following 41 mm-hmm, and directly mm-hmm. preceding sure. 43. Oh. No. Yeah. It's now the I meaning can. of life, universe, and everything. It's the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. There yes. you go. I thought that's when chicks aren't hot anymore. Not if you're Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with John Crappender's The Fog. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. One more story before twelve. Just to keep us from masturbating incessantly. And when it's over, it will be the 21st of April. One year ago, on the 21st of April, in the Banana Laser Studio, three assholes were recording. Suddenly, out of the night, the fog rolled into the laser lounge. For a moment, they could see nothing, not a foot in front of them. Then, they saw a light. By God, it was Alex's laptop left open streaming fuck videos and the light from it was strong enough to penetrate the swirling mist much like this dude's banana penetrating the hottie on screen their eyes gazed towards the screen it was a laptop not unlike what you are probably hearing this on right now the men could not tear away the woman being banged so hard almost sheared in two the man trying to snap her like a twig. As their excitement grew, so did their pelvic areas. And so the men retired to their quarters for the night. And in their rooms, the banana men, with their hands, calmed their excitement. Their eyes closing, they began to sleep. And in the lounge, as suddenly as it came, the fog lifted, receded back outside the studio, and never came again. But it is told by the Laser Nation and their fathers and grandfathers that when the fog returns to Banana Laser, the men of the Laser Lounge will rise up and search for the web video that led them to their dark jerk sesh. Mm-hmm. 
12 o'clock, the 21st of April. All right, lasers, we're back, and we're talking about John Carpenter's The Fog from 1980. And it stars Adrian Barbeau as Stevie Wayne, the sexy Stevie Wayne, Jamie Lee Curtis as Elizabeth, Janet Lee as Kathy Williams, John Hausman as Mr. Somebody, Tom Atkins, the wonderful Tom Atkins, not as Dan Chalice, but Nick Castle. Isn't that the guy no, who played... More on uh, that later. Yeah, more on that later. Okay, gotcha. Nancy Loomis as Sandy and Hal Holbrook as Father Malone. Uh, quick synopsis... Father Mablomi. <laughs> Mablomi. Hey, Mablomi. Oh, si- <laughs> fuck, Mahoney, get out of here. Nobody's talking to you. Jesus. Yeah, shut up. The centenary of a small seaside town of Antonio Bay, California is approaching. 100 years ago, the wealthy leper, Blake, bought the clipper ship Elizabeth Dane and sailed with his people to form a leper colony. A leprechaun? They... That's what I thought he said. A leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> no! Bunch of short guys on a boat. It's a gnome. <laughs> Leprechaunally. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did say that. <laughs> I love him. Love to kick him. Uh, they, they were deliberately misguided by a campfire on shore, steering the course of the ship toward the light and crashing her against the rocks. While the townsfolk prepared to celebrate the victims of this heinous crime that the town's founding fathers committed rise from the sea to claim retribution. Under cover of the fog, they carry out their vicious attacks, searching for what is rightly theirs. Why do they call a boat she? Uh, all boats are named after women. Because they right? float? I just have a boat. It was called the Filthy Whore. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, all right, John Carpenter's The Fog. This is the follow-up to Halloween. Came out in 1980, and right off the bat, it got me thinking. I want to know, is it just hubris that makes the director put his name above the title? Because John Carpenter's made a career of it, and I, I hardly ever see that. But what is what do you got to do to get that to happen? Is there some kind of legality to it, or something like that? Why, why would you even think that this movie is was only made by you? Well, for Halloween, that was part of the negotiations. He, right. he I don't want to say held them up, but it was part of his negotiations where ultimately there was a little back and forth going on with the movie. I can't believe we never talked about this during the retro, but this this is oh, let's, let's record it now and then we'll add it back in. <laughs> That show is only four hours. Needs to be four ten. <laughs> yeah, do that. But no, he um, that was part of his deal. It's like, listen, I'll do this, and we can do this. It's tip for it's quid pro quo. And he says, I want the movie to be called John Carpenter's Halloween when the credits roll. And they rolled with it. So I'm guessing that because of the success of Halloween, that more people were just kind of more eager to follow suit. When I was young, I always thought it was cool. Like, yeah, John Carpenter's They Live, John Carpenter's whatever. It is cool. Well, as an adult, I just think, like, you know, uh, movies are made by... Yes, movies are made by, you know, hundreds of people. To think that this is yours is, yeah, it's pretentious. He is an asshole, isn't he? I think he is. No. 
I don't think he's an asshole. Because you know why I don't think he's an asshole? Because of where he falls into a lot of things politically. That's why I don't think he's an asshole. But hmm. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's, you know, fronting. Homie is fronting. So this flick was written by Deborah Hill and John Carpenter together. Now this is interesting to me, and I, I was really thinking about this the whole time while watching it because I'm pretty sure that during the filming, he was banging Adrian Barbeau, right? But they were yeah. married. How's they, that? Oh, they were married. Not only were they married, this was... No, that that makes no sense. Wait a minute. Now, Halloween was 78. He was with Deborah Hill. Yep. So they broke up. He met Barbeau and was together long enough to get married to her in maybe... 15 months maybe maybe they fell head over heels more than that he wrote the part specifically for her yes so that must have been a quick quick uh thing going she must have fucking blew his blew his balls off uh you know she's who knows what kind of skills that woman had <laughs> I mean, it looks like she's got fucking skills i'll tell you that so do you think deborah hill was i mean she's also like one of the producers do you think she was on yeah. set she was there, and it was uncomfortable, and all that type of shit. But I guess you just you just act professional, and it, it's it's a real shitty thing. But I mean, if she's willing, no one's twisting her arm. I mean, it's a job. She could have walked off. It was too emotionally distressing for her. But um, I don't know. Now wait a second. I'm going to get into more of this later with the relationships in in real life and fictional in this movie, which are, are pretty crazy. Thanks for uh, the tease. Yeah, I'm saving that to later. Gotcha. But, what I what I want to Alex, um, are no, I don't know. I'm asking if you know. I don't know. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. They, they yes, it, it is known that they had a relationship. Now, is it a, a fact that when they made Halloween, that's when that relationship was happening, or could that have happened after this? So you're saying you think I'm asking? That I'm, I don't left think. Barbeau and went to Deborah Hill. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I don't know. I think I, it's the other way around. Yeah, so, that's why okay. I think. All right. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I think he was poking her when they were writing the girl parts <laughs> for, for Halloween. It, it it is weird, professionalism or not. I think if I was working with a chick I was banging and a chick I am banging at the same time, it, that would be the fucking most stressful place to work in my entire life. You've never done that before. Uh, no, I actually have done it, but right. so have I. <laughs> no, he's telling you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but at least All they're right. getting paid money like big money you know what i mean yeah well no let's get back into the movie okay so <laughs> this movie uh it opens with the a campfire story and uh being told of this shipwreck that i mentioned in the plot summary earlier now this opening is is fun but it's kind of it's confusing to me because He's explaining the the story, the tale of Blake, the guy in his ship, and how it crashed and all this stuff. But the is it is this before the events of the movie or after the events of the movie? Because before. it is because seemingly they do. They, does he not know the curse? I'm really confused. He's right about the curse. And the next day, Adrian Barbeau's son tells him that she, uh, you know, the old man so and so kept us up late the night before telling us the ghost stories. Hmm. I was nodding off on that part, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, he, and he, he, he is right, because everything happens between midnight and 1. And he said that it was uh, 420, 
It was April 20th. And at midnight. <laughs> hey, Hitler's birthday. Yeah, Hell yeah. Smoke right. up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Alex. Nice. You gotta smoke some weed, man. Hey, Four, man. Midnight. Or midnight. Yeah, midnight at 421. You know, from 420 to 421. That's when this took place. And that's when the guy was talking. So, um, what's your issue with it, Matt? Oh, I just didn't. Because I didn't know that the curse was known. I thought the curse was a totally new thing that Father Malone discovered when he found the diary of his grandfather. Well, the curse is new, but the tale is old. And he was telling the tale, but not of the curse. Yes. He gotcha. just said okay, that makes sense. thing happened. The ship went down, and he said what he said. He never because said, these guys come back for a fucking revenge every year or something. Gotcha. Okay. Because also, this opening scene... And I find this fascinating. If you watch some of the behind the scenes or listen to the commentary, uh, this film went under major reshoots. I mean, major. And this opening scene was one of the things that they shot after the film was completed. And they tacked this on to the beginning to give it, uh, to lengthen the movie and to give it more atmosphere and stuff like that. Interesting. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of scenes. And I. I find it fascinating just knowing where they kind of did this stuff. And in some some scenes in particular, you can really see the difference. And, uh, it, you know, the shots don't necessarily match up. Like you can tell, and, and we'll talk about it later, but you can tell where something just is an add-on to the scene. So we will talk like later. We never get to it. Let's yeah. talk about the guy, the guy giving the speech. How about him? His name is John Houseman, and he was in Ghost Story less uh, the ne- the very next year because I'm a big fan of that movie Ghost Story and I thought that it was kind of a, a cool contrast that he was in this movie which was a ghost story and then he was in Ghost Story the next year and he really isn't like a, a genre vet or anything maybe he's a ghost <laughs> oh my god why why do I think of him as selling oatmeal did he do that <laughs> is he like I guess I'm thinking of the Quaker Oats man you're confusing <laughs> Oh, Wilford Brimley? Say, yes, you're confusing him with Wilford Brimley. Another, yes. And he's in another Carpenter movie, The Thing, right? And I think he has diabetes. Yes, I yes. think, yeah. No, he definitely does. <laughs> okay. He's Mr. Tusk, too, by the way. <laughs> you're right. That is the same type of character. Is Wilford Brimley was in The Thing, and he was here, and they are kind of familiar. And I remember this guy the most from, uh, what do you call it, um, Naked Gun. The driving instructor. Wesley Nielsen? No, 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 no. John Houseman, the old guy with this slow delivery. He's like, what does he say to the girl that's driving on driving test? She's like, gently (laughs) extend your arm out the window. Put up your middle finger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Raise it. Yeah, that's him. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. This is also part of the reshoots. It kind of opens up the town. And we see shots of the town and stuff like that. And it's mid midnight or approaching midnight or whatever. And so all of a sudden, strange phenomenon starts happening uh, with the curse. Like it shows a store and the bottles start shaking and uh, all the car alarms start going off and, and stuff like that. Um, I like that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And But it, it's just weird to think that those elements were part of the reshoots and added in later. So you already have two things in the fucking beginning of the movie that was added later 
it's like what was the movie to begin with you know it was just, too short that's all and also very short. uneventful maybe so maybe <laughs> uneventful and somebody said uh make it longer and add a few um let's 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 do some close encounters type scenes add some you earth can, right mm-hmm. with shaking shit and stuff blowing and uh, basically they ripped off the ghost thing from many other things the ghost story from like you know madman or friday exactly King. Friday the 13th, yeah. Dude. Granted, hold on, they didn't rip it off. This came first. My bad. <laughs> okay. Well, so this this was first. They did rip off Friday the 13th Part 3 because that asshole in the store goes straight for the orange juice, takes a giant swig, puts it back. You know what I'm talking about? The opening of Friday 3? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Friday the 13th ripped off the fog more than once. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Friday yes. 3 ripped off the fog. Right. And 2. What do you guys think of... John Crappender as an actor. Now, that's when he becomes John Crappender. I mean, he is a far (laughs) better director, and he is an actor. I'm going to tell you that much right now. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, it's... Well, do you think I get paid, uh, Father Malone? Oh, thank you, Bennett. Uh, I won't need you until four tomorrow, Bennett. Yes, sir. Would you like something to keep you warm on the way home? No, thank you. Father, can I get paid? Why don't you come in at uh, six instead of four tomorrow? Yes, sir. Father Malone, do you think I can get paid? Why don't you come in at six tomorrow, you ungrateful prick? (laughs) I will be there, but I don't like it. (laughs) Is this Jason Lloyd? (laughs) This church is not built upon shit. Okay. Okay, since since we're in bad acting right now, let's stay there for a second, and I gotta play you guys a clip. This is fucking horrendous. This scene is bizarre too because it, it's it's two people that are I don't know how seasoned actually the one person is, but the other is Janet Lee, and the other one is Nancy Loomis, and they're in a car and driving. Uh, I don't know, doing something. So they start talking about stuff. Listen to the fucking delivery from Nancy Loomis, who's Annie from Halloween. And and Janet Lee sounds awkward just replying to this because it's just, <laughs> it's so bad. And there is one, there's one line that's pretty long. It's like three sentences or something or two sentences in a row. And Annie sounds like she is, whatever the, wherever the term phoning it in came from, it had to have derived from this scene. Listen to this. Well, if I can just get through the speeches without yawning. I couldn't sleep last night. Too excited? No, I went out on his boat last night and didn't come home. He still isn't back. Mrs. Williams? I called the Coast Guard and they said, oh, he might have had engine trouble. They said not to worry. He was complaining about his boat. No, this is not a joke. I'm not changing any of this. This is actually how it, how it was. Maybe you ought to go home. Oh, that's the last place I want to go. My dog started to bark at 12 last night and didn't stop until 6 this morning. What happened? He was pointed toward the ocean and growling. What does that tell you? My dog goes crazy and decides to bark. Here it is. Check this out. I heard the church bells at midnight as I started to drift off to sleep, and suddenly my car alarm went off for absolutely no reason. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Woke up the whole block. This town sits around for 100 years and nothing happens, and then one night the whole place falls apart. Ugh. Let's just get that, through the scene, goddammit. That had to be a joke when she... This, after, this had to be a joke, this line. I heard the church bells at midnight as I started to drift off to sleep, and suddenly my car alarm went off for absolutely no reason. Really? Like, is this is that writing that just is unnatural, or she just doesn't know how to deliver it? It's a combination. 
Yeah, I think it is yeah. a combination. And you could tell that I well, you can't tell I I believe that Deborah Hill did the same thing in this movie that she did in Halloween with the three and the three girls had their dialogue. She wrote it. I think that she wrote this dialogue between these two girls. Oh God. Well, you know what? Honestly, here's what I hear when I listen to that. And I know that this is who their characters are. All I can picture is Marion Crane and fucking Annie Brackett. Dude, they I sound can, exactly the same. I'll listen to Annie Brackett talk all day long. I don't care if she's bad or not. Uh, Dude, you thought she was hot in this, right? Fuck yeah. I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's not like she has a great hairdo or she's wearing (laughs) tremendously tight clothing. No, but her uh, facial features and I don't know. She's fucking super hot to me. All right, Matt. F. Mary Kill. Halloween, Fog, or Halloween 3? F. Mary Kill. Okay, I would F the Fog, Mary, Halloween, and Kill, Halloween 3. Okay. Good answer. I, I, I thought I, I thought you were going to do Adrian Barbeau, Jamie. So did Curtis, I. Yes. And, and let's do that one. Uh, okay. Well, definitely F Jamie Lee. Oh wait, no. Nope. Oh. I, I think different. Yeah. Uh, F, hmm. F Annie. Yep. Kill Jamie Lee. Marry Adrian Barbeau. I agree. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. What? Because you got to remember, I already have foresight to what. Jamie Lee Curtis will look like in 1997. No, you you gotta ignore that. <laughs> oh, no, true true lies, baby. So I am marrying that. Mm-hmm. I will f Annie and kill Adrian Barbeau. What? And you know that Jana Lee is gonna be regular. I mean, uh, Jamie Lee is gonna be regular. What do you mean she's gonna go back to regular looking? No, oh, she's, she's got re- regular hair. shits. Oh, regular active on. Yeah, yeah, she's a spokesperson oh, for. Yeah, Michael Myers scared the shit yeah. out of her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Listen, I never hitchhiked before. I just really want to be careful. Can I ask you something? Sure. Are you weird? Yes, I am. Yes, I am weird. You are weird. Yes. You're weird. Thank God. <laughs> the last run I had was so normal, it was disgusting. Picked me up in Santa Barbara. By the time we got to Carmel, he wanted to marry me. Oh, yeah. I thought you never hitchhiked before. Not before last week. You're my 13th ride. Oh, great. Weird and unlucky. All right, well, let's get into one of the best actors of all time. And he is in this movie, Mr. Tom Atkins as Dan Chalice. Now this... No stash, though. No stash. He looks Why? like fucking Homer Simpson when he's, like, young and doesn't have the beard. <laughs> you know, he's shaven. He does. <laughs> he looks weird, man. <laughs> he looks like an asshole with no mustache. An asshole. He looks like a nice guy. Like, even in Creepshow, when he was like... That's a worth. Give me that worthless piece of shit here, going right in the garbage, boy. buddy boy. Like he had no mustache, so to me, I always relate his non-mustache face as an asshole. Oh, this is this is how I see it. Given the first two scenes of this movie, where he's drinking while driving, right. and picks <laughs> up and, picks up and fucks Jamie Lee without knowing her name, this movie is just the, the further, further adventures, adventures of, of Dan, Dan Chalice. Chalice. 
it is, man. E- even true. though Halloween yeah. 3 came out after this, I-, I like to think in the movie universe, he stopped being a doctor after Halloween 3, after he saved the world. <laughs> and now he's just driving, driving, you know, he's like fucking in kung fu. He's just wandering the earth in this fucking weird looking truck. Yes. And somehow Annie keeps making it everywhere that they're at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She keeps tagging along with Jamie Lee Curtis somehow and Dan Chalice. Typical ex-wife. Well, yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, he's got a golden dick or something. Yeah, I guess he doesn't get whiskey dick either. <laughs> yeah. Considering, you know. And, and he was also drinking Budweiser, not Miller in this movie. Ooh. So, yeah. Misstep. Misstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Isn't it funny how quickly he betted Jamie Lee and how long it took him to fuck the robot in Halloween 3. You would think it would be the other way around. but Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, Man, Jamie Lee was just a dirty birdie. In the movie. fucking life of this dude. How... Right. I mean, don't you... How many, chi- how many times does this happen to you guys? Right? I mean, you pick up a young chick on the side of the road. Uh, four hours later, you fucked her. And then you're like, hey, I don't even know your name. Like, what the fuck? And I just got it like that. You'll find that totally charming and hang out with me for the rest of this movie. <laughs> right, yeah. And what, right. okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis is in this movie, but what is her character doing? I didn't catch that. Is she just literally just wandering, looking there. for Dick? Yeah. Yeah, she's supposed to be going to California on the bigger oh, okay. and better things. And then, you know, she gets caught up in, in this situation, of course, because uh, as soon as the next day, the what's his name Dan Chalice goes to the docks and he gets upset that um, his friends are not there yeah. why he was taking her to the dock I don't know was he gonna put her on a boat and fucking have her cruise <laughs> to California or something I don't know but um somehow she was there and next thing you know it's the wacky adventures and, and she's like oh boy wow we gotta there, there's the seagrass let's get on it and the next thing you know you know Dan Chalice and Lordy Strode are on the fucking seagrass <laughs> unbelievable high yeah. on the seagrass so Okay, so Dan, they, the next day they go to the dock. Now, is it just, I don't, there's so much about this movie I guess I don't fucking understand because I have all these questions. Is it just because to see his friend or does he have business there with the with the dock or something? I think he's seeing her off. I think it's. I think that's what it is. I think my Seriously? That's, but he, uh, he, that's knows one, he knows one of the guys on the boat that yeah, uh, have vanished. Funny. Okay, right. it's just a it's just a friendship. Okay, gotcha. But he's upset that he's not there. He's like, these guys are supposed to be back or something. He says, so he was like really surprised that the that these seasoned, um, you know, what are they called, salesmen? What's the word for seamen? Seamen. Seamen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, men of the sea. Um, you, you know, can't tell me you don't know about seamen, Dave. Come on. <laughs> he said <Yeah>. salesman. <laughs> no. <laughs> a sailor. That's what I meant. A sailor. A sailor. A salesman. <laughs> Like sales, I was thinking about selling something. I was literally thinking about, you know, sales. S-A-L-C-S. Yeah. Oh, we okay. get it. I mean, S A I S A I L S. Salesman, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. These seasoned sailors weren't there. I think maybe that's the best I got. He was going to put her on that boat. Yeah, he's going to ship her. Why would you ship your tang off so quickly? I'd be trying to keep her around for at least a couple of weeks. Ah, fuck. What does he care? He's Dan Chills. <laughs> 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 in the yeah. car, get another beer, and bang some other chick. Oh, He's gonna bag Eddie. Adrian Barbeau the next day, you know. God, love or this Annie, guy. you know, dude. Go oh, back to yeah. Annie. I would have been right on Annie or Marion yep. Crane for that matter. Maybe he's gonna go for fucking MILF. Who knows? You know, I don't know how old Marion Crane uh, was in this movie, but she actually her body still looked good. 
Okay, can we change the topic? For a silverback. I'm, hey, once you go gray, you never stray, buddy boy. All right, let's move on to okay. Let, let's talk about these three assholes on the boat at the beginning right. because uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of comic relief with the fucking they're fucking boozing it up and and uh, what's the guy Woo! say? There's no fog bank out there. Yes, there's, and then all of a sudden there's a fog there's, bank. Out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a fog bank out there. Yeah. <laughs> He's crazy. There's no fog bank out there. Hey, there's a fog bank out there. That dude is also in another, I know him from another John Carpenter movie, uh, They Live. He plays a bum who turns on the on Roddy Roddy Piper. And mm-hmm. so he's a bum at the beginning of the movie, and then later in the movie he's, he's giving them a tour through the alien uh, fucking bunker and shit. Oh, he turns the face? You know, John Hanlon was asking me, he's a listener, and he said... Did uh, do you guys think They Live holds up if you watch it today? If you haven't watched it in like twenty years, yeah, I watched it um, maybe six to eight months ago. My girlfriend and I loved it. That was great. Okay, I watched it for the first time ever six to eight months ago, and I did enjoy it. I didn't think Roddy is a good lead, and no. then I I really think that's a movie that should be remade. Should have been Kurt Russell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's not very, there's not a lot of action. It's a movie you could really just ramp up the action, and it's a lot more subtle than that. They should remake it, bottom line, in, the, in this day and age. But still have Keith David as the black guy. Yeah, he could still do it. Yeah, yeah he definitely can. Mm-hmm. That dude's a badass. Anyways, so this scene on the boat is one of the scenes I was talking about with major reshoots. Um, any At any point in time in the movie... When there's close-ups of like the swords and the hooks and stuff like that, was all filmed after the fact. In fact, wow. you never you never saw anybody get killed in this scene in the original version of the movie. What? You do not see anybody get killed. You see the most you see is I think you might see the ship go by, but that's it. And then you you see one of the um, I guess salesmen come in through the door <laughs> and, and walk slowly up to the guy inside, but that's it. Whenever they, and it's really jarring once you know that it's an added scene, the two guys are outside on the deck and the ship goes by and then they turn and they say, you know, who is that or what is that? And they see the guys on the boat and they get attacked. Well, whenever they turn and say, what is that? Who is that? That's all added. And then they get attacked they get stabbed a couple times and shit like that. So, what? but yeah, and it all happens within the first twenty minutes of the movie. This and the you know the the, the fire the campfire tale and stuff like that. So it's like how how boring was this fucking movie? Wow. I, I, I get that he was trying to go for atmosphere and mood and and a real ghost story, you know. But it's it just seemed like it would have been a real piece of shit. Right, and that that I think that scene is great. All of a sudden, you see that old boat creeping up, moving real slow, mm-hmm. and then the guys are on the boat, and the fog is there, and they come, and you get ghost slashers. When else do you see ghost slashers? You think they're ghost slashers or slasher ghosts? <laughs> Actually, I I, I, I want to say that they are slasher ghosts. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that's the, the, the correct term for this, because they're ghosts, and they're slashers. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> they do slashing. And you don't see ghosts do that. They're picking up weapons. 
that's what I thought was really cool, though. Straight up, that you know, the way they killed those guys was was pretty cool. Yeah, that, don't ghosts usually just go up to and go ah, like raise their arms ah, and you just keep running and they don't ever actually <laughs> you interact just fall with you. through them. Yeah, yeah, like in Scooby Doo, the ghosts always ran up to Scooby and all them, but they never we never saw what would happen if they just stayed there and didn't run away. This okay, I'm on medicine, guys. I'm on like thing. Twenty things of coughs here, but <laughs> when that when the first shock of the guy getting stabbed from behind, and you see about two feet oh. of a sword go through his chest is is awesome. That's a great shot. It's very shocking too. Yeah, How about really the one, that. the third guy, or the second? Does somebody get killed with a meat thermometer in his eye? Is that what that is? No, no, no. Uh, the second guy gets a like a meat hook, you know, or fish hook or something. Yep. And then the. Uh, then the guy who gets stabbed through the chest also gets stabbed in like the shoulder with a knife. That's what it is. No, somebody is in the cabin. It's uh, three people get killed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that a meat thermometer, Matt? You would know, I think. It looks just uh, like it. It's a long, um, you know, silver, mm-hmm. skinny thing, fleshy, and, and a veiny. Big, yeah. <laughs> filled with semen. No salesman. Ah, filled with salesman. <laughs> And a big round fucking clock looking thing on the other end, like a, a thermometer. What uh, was that thing? Sounds like a thermometer. I honestly don't remember. But yeah, yeah it sounds just like say a yes and move on. Yes, it yes. is. Yes. Okay. It definitively awesome. is. Awesome. Okay. Moving on. Murder. I, I, I didn't even know that until I watched the movie this time that these guys are lepers. I, I didn't catch. I guess I fell really? asleep to this movie so many times. What's a leper? Someone with leprosy. What's that? <laughs> I know it's a skin thing. What's what a salesman? Uh, someone who sails. What's on the skin? Nothing. It falls off. Nothing. Their skin is rotting, rotting on their body. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up shit, man. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have it, leprosy, your skin's rotting off of you? Something it actually like still occurs to this day. I never saw anybody like that. Well, it's very rare. It, it's just like the, the wolfman uh, syndrome. You know, we've never seen that, but it, it happens. Or the uh, the... A genius that's in the two percent because he's not inverted; he's outverted. Oh no, I know one of those guys. Wait, oh, I know, I know a lycanthrope. Alex is a lycanthrope, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I remember see, that? I, I remember everything. I just like I'm a slasher aficionado. Yeah, I remember like... that you're a lycanthrope. <laughs> well, how about what do you guys think of this? Like, you know, Matt thinks this movie sort of drags, and one thing that can make sort a movie of. feel like it's. <laughs> One thing to make a movie feel like it's going on forever is when shit gets repeated. Like when that night was over and this bitch is walking back to the radio station and all you hear is, K-A-B, Antonio Bay, it's 1435. K-A-B. From the top of the world, fabulous 1340 K-A-B, Antonio Bay. Bay, Antonio Bay. 1445. It's now 715. It's now 7.30. It's now 7.32. K-A-B. Antonio Bay. Like, did you guys notice this went on for like two, three straight minutes? <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> no, you don't remember. It's crazy. I didn't notice. What? That's cool. Uh, Not cool but... What scene was that? <laughs> when she's going to start the next day of work. Oh, on the right. And the, it, yeah, oh, she, yeah. That's she's... a recording. That's why. But why is she listening to it? Just to make sure but everything's going okay? She's setting does, up does shop. Does that play all the fucking time she's no. not on the air? No, no, no. She's just opening up shop. My guess is that uh, she turned the light on, and it's just on a cassette, if you will, or something like that. And when the, when they're you know warming everything up in the, in the lighthouse, 
turning the lights on and turning the, you know, all, all the stuff on microphones and whatnot, that's on for some reason. And I, I understand why they did it so they can have the effect of the water going on it and everything slowing down when she has that blank. I think because her radio station, which is real shitty because all they play is fucking jazz. Jizz. It, and that too. <laughs> she's definitely playing that. It only airs from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. every day. That's it. So every other time, it has to broadcast something. So people I think know. it's what the other sound is. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, so people know it's an actual radio station. Yeah, because, Dave, that was playing when she was walking down the long stairs. Oh, so that goes on nonstop as long as she's not on the job. Can you imagine right. that? that well, if... You just don't turn it on. People, it's a local <laughs> thing, and it's a lighthouse. It's a town of salesmen, <laughs> and um, they know this to do her job. So I don't think anyone thinks to put that station on between those hours. But in case they do, if they turn it on at 5 or 5 minutes to 6... Yeah, can you imagine hear... 5 minutes of that? No. Ugh. Maybe for Well, we got, we got 2 and a half minutes in the movie, right? Yeah. This is yes. KDHK. is now 6.15. O'Neill <laughs> Bay. <laughs> that was a good sequence, though, when she had that plank and then she brought it in and the water came. And that was cool. I like that. And then it said six will die, six must die. I like that. Six must die. Yeah, it gave us the rules of the movie, I guess. It did. And, and, and why is that? Because back in they were eight, six. 1880, it was six people that can who put this whole thing into motion with killing killing this dude. Oh, I thought it was six of them that got killed. So it's bodies for bodies. But maybe you're right. Maybe well, six people conspired. Oh, when there were six, people right. in the church, there was other people going after Adrian Barbeau on the roof. Yeah, there's right? more than six. Okay, so I guess it's like the original six that, that killed them. Good call, Matt. You're right. Well, that's my other question is, too, is that at the end, you know, Father Malone is saying, I have to die. I'm the sixth conspirator. Well, does what, what the fuck does that mean? You're the great, you're the grandson of the conspirator. Right. It's bloodlines. It was in the flesh. This is your goal, Blake. My grandfather stole it from you. I'm the one who must answer for it. I'm the sixth conspirator. I'm Father Malone. Take me. Okay, so you're saying the three salesmen... Uh, the, the weatherman, who is uh, Sheriff Brackett, by the way, we haven't talked about him. Yeah, we and, will. <laughs> and and the grandma, th- those are descendants of the other conspirators. I like to think that everyone that lives on that island, or whatever the fuck it is, that everyone that is in Antonio Bay, it's um Antonio Bay. Bay. Yes, <laughs> that it's a fishing town, and they've been there for generations. They're just their, their own thing. You know what I mean? And it's just a very small town, and, you know, they all have history there. A hundred years back. Kind of like a Stephen King novel, almost. A small town and ancestry. That's Dairy what I like Maine. to think. Yes, yeah, Dairy Maine, exactly. But this this movie's very atmospheric, and because it's this kind of movie, I could buy that. I could buy that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I you do know? like, uh, I do love the atmosphere of this movie. Yes. I like how it's an ensemble cast of about 50% interesting characters and how they're all that none of them really know each other and they all kind of come together at the end. I find that very enjoyable. My main problem with the movie is is there's just not enough action to hold my interest throughout the entire thing. Hey, do you guys get distracted that 90% of the cast is from Halloween? 
Yes. I, it, it's amazing. But is it distracting? No, I like it for it. it, it it's, it's something that even watching the opening credits and seeing all the stuff and I'm like, wow, Dude, wow, cool. Sheriff oh, Brackett right. sucks in this fucking movie. He's a putz in this fucking movie. Right. But I'm glad it's him. I would rather it be Sheriff Brackett than some unknown person that I could give a fuck about. And I'm not looking for a, a great acting performance in that role. I don't. Oh, well, then you're okay. Yeah, I don't care. I, yeah, I am okay. <laughs> I like it for that because it's it adds to the charm of the movie. It's, this is the movie. It's it's the only one of its kind. Yeah, but you gotta have Annie and her dad. That's what's That's cool. That's kind of weird. Why not have Linda and then that Annie's dad and then Lori? Well, they probably tried to get Linda, but you know maybe she was busy doing something else. That, that, that I doubt that. And Nick Castle's in this. And Nick Castle, and not just Nick Castle, um, oh, uh, Dan O'Bannon and Tommy Wallace, all characters wow. in this movie, all named after fucking people that that real people that yep. John Carpenter worked with, and that's just the tip of the iceberg on the fucking the coincidences and the the relationships in this film. It's out of control. I was thinking of it. A little bit as I'm watching it, of course, because it's, it's impossible not to. And then one thing led to another, and my mind started going places. I said, oh, wait a minute. And there's this, and this person did this with this. Next thing you know, I did a little research, and, you know. We'll start with John Carpenter, who appears on the film. As we know, we just we were making fun of him. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. That's John Carpenter. You're gotcha. right. Okay. Behind the camera, it's Carpenter. And you already mentioned it, Alex, that he fucked Deborah Hill and Adrian Barbeau. Now that's you know that that's one thing. Now how about this? Adrian Barbeau was married to Hal Holbrook in a creep show a couple years what? later, and Hal Holbrook's in this movie as Father Malone. That's right. Hey, is this Six Degrees of John Crappiner? Listen, it is. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, and and I'll go a step further about Creep Show. Tom Atkins is also in Creep Show. So yes, those three stashless. Yeah. It, listen, it's crazy. Now here's another one. Tom Atkins was with Nancy Loomis in this movie and, of course, in Halloween, Halloween 3. Three. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one. Nancy Loomis in real life dated, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about married, had two kids with Tommy Lee Wallace. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who was the fucking, you know. Director whatever. of Halloween 3. And uh, uh, Director of Halloween 3 and she in the crew in this movie. Mm -hmm. has two kids with them. Dated. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? That's weird. Yeah. Now you have Annie. Now the same girl, who also goes by the name of Annie Brackett, is in this movie, and her father, her in, in fake, in Halloween 1, obviously, we mentioned Sheriff Brackett is in this movie. So we have that. We have, Then we have John, uh, fucking the obvious one about, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and her mother. Okay, we have that. Basically, Halloween 1 through 3 is all represented in this movie. Uh, from the directors to the fucking Dean Cundy does them all. He's he, he's director of photography in this movie. Part of this movie's charm, in my opinion. I, I love the way it's filmed, just like Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, so he's part of that. But basically, everybody involved in one through three, in front of the camera and behind the camera, is tied into this movie. Um, how about Nancy Loomis? Think about that. Nancy Loomis is her name. Now, <laughs> Marion Crane was once in a movie and she was dating a character named Sam Loomis. Oh, my God. Okay? Sam Loomis <laughs> later came back in John Carpenter's Halloween. And now, here they are together once again. That's what I got. It's pretty I fucked like, up. I can't believe that wow. Jamie Lee Curtis 
was in a movie with her mom, Janet Lee, and Janet Lee was still alive 20 years later to be in a movie with her again. Right? H2O. Oh, yeah, H2O. Yeah, yeah like, I thought she was old in this. It's yeah. just the hair. I'm, t- I'm telling you, she's probably not that old in this. Silverback. Yeah, it's just the hair. And, and how about the ghosts? They're being p- played by fucking um, Rob Bottin. He's the makeup guy. He's the main ghost. He's uh, Blake, whatever the fuck his name is. And the other ghost is Tommy Lee Wallace. What? He played ha- Michael Myers in Halloween 1 in some scenes, and most notably the closet scene. Really? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he knew the way he wanted it done so they could shoot it in one take to save time and money. So he just said, fuck it, give me the shit, I'll do it myself. That's pretty fucked up. And I, the name Tommy Wallace always seemed like a Halloween name to me because of, think about the in the movie, the little boy's name is Tommy, right? Mm-hmm. And he, they run across the street and the girl's name is Lindsay Wallace. Holy shit. <laughs> this is blowing my fucking... This is a rabbit hole I did not expect to go down. Yeah, this crazy. Is, we're not getting out of this one, man. Okay, oh my God. how about this? The sweater that the guy wears. <laughs> oh, God. There's more? The sweater that the guy wears in this Friday movie. 13th. Please come back Friday 13th. in the thing later. All right, Dave. We can't do loser internet bullshit. We have to that's do like, the end of it. Okay. Oh, I was hoping that the sweater was going to be... Um, uh, Jason's mom, mom's sweater. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was worn by Pamela. Yes. Imagine that. Oh, that would have been awesome. And then we can get into Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and, get, and the street in there. my god it was like like do you remember that when they were showing uh the fuck was it It was like a really uh, oh oh when the kid's getting the when he picks up the wood when it was a gold coin it turns into the wood then he walks back yeah. to the house that music now is this is this original music just for this movie because it seems iconic like i've heard it before it's carpenter it's what it's, he does mm-hmm. it's just his style so it just it 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 resonates somewhere in my head, even though I've probably never heard it, just because I'm so used to a style. We'll see more of that when we, with our, when we do Christine and the Thing. It was funny, because in the credits, it said soundtrack or music by John Carpenter, and then it said underneath, on screen, electric or electronic realization by some Hollenworth? other asshole. Alan Hollenworth? No, it wasn't even him. Yeah, it was oh. somebody else. So it's like John Carpenter's like, Comes up with it on the piano and then right. says, you know, you figure it out in the fucking synthesizer asshole or whatever. Probably much like his relationship with Alan, whatever his name is. Hey, guys, what's a stomach pounder? <laughs> hey, Mom, can I have a stomach pounder and a Coke? What no, is not that? right now. It's probably them wanting to say quarter pounder, but uh, thought they'd oh. have a funny joke on McDonald's. I always enjoy McDonald's, and it's Big Mac. I'm enjoying one right now. 
We'll be right back after this McDonald's commercial break. How about also in that scene, we get Adrian Barbeau in a nightie, but no nip slip. What the fuck? Yeah. Missed opportunity. She did look good in this movie, though. Probably the best she looked. Incredible. Now, is she she known as a hot person? Like, was she hot in the 70s or something? She wasn't around until this movie. Remember, this is her first movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. John Carpenter married her and gave her her first fucking role in this movie. Then I think uh, she did Wes Craven's Swamp Thing. She did do Swamp Thing. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I do believe in, like, the uh, foreign version of that movie, she gets topless. Huh. Well, she has big tits, and usually a lot of times that's enough. Va, 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 yeah, so, okay, so all throughout the day, we get the adventures of Dan Chalice and Adrian Barbeau, and, and they're figuring stuff out, you know. Like, after the dock scene, the two find the dead body in the boat. It's like a big scare, sort of, I guess. I wasn't very thrilled by it. <laughs> but they end up in the hospital later, and... For some reason, this asshole gets up and doesn't attack anyone, but just kind of, you know, wanders over to Jamie Lee and then falls down. Like, what the fuck was this all about? <laughs> and writes the number three. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, they have a lot of things where they try to do payoffs. Like, there's a point to Antonio Bay, 92. Yeah. You know, and it, the whole payoff is the, like Dave said, where the water hits something and it slows down. And we, that whole thing, the payoff is he wrote three. Like, and so, like, a bunch of p- meaningless payoffs, so things leading up there are kind of meaningless. But the one thing, Matt, like you said about that, that scare when they found the guy in the boat, that in that moment, what went through my head was, oh, whoa, this is, this is supposed to be, like, scary to me. Right. Yeah. Because this it, guy fell over. Oh, okay. I get it. That's supposed to be a jump scare. Yeah. Okay. What's worse about it, that was the second way that they filmed that. This was one of the reshoots. Oh. They they had actually filmed it with the same style of scare, where he you know falls down out of nowhere. But it, it according to John Crappender or Carpenter, he said it wasn't working, so they refilmed it. And it's essentially the same scare, but to me, it just doesn't work either way. Oh, it seemed no. like oh, this is a jump scare. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. no it was flat. too reminiscent of. Um... The fucking uh, of Halloween with the you know the Funhouse gag type shit. Oh, you the mean end. the best part of Halloween? You think that's the best part when the body. I just... don't think so. No, it's the worst part. I'm just okay. trying to well, some people like Alex. it. I don't have a problem with it. I just I think that that I, I can live with the execution of it in that movie with the music and the app. Whatever in Halloween, it's forgivable. In this movie, yeah, right, it's, it's forgivable there. Yes, in this movie, it's just um, thrown in and cheap. Right, it is. Yeah. To me, all this stuff happens during the day, and it feels like all of that is for nothing because it's not exciting. It doesn't progress the story really in any way. I mean, I guess the main characters kind of figure it out with all these events, but the only exciting things are the the opening scene at night and then the climax at night. Everything else to me was is very not worth it. And so that it kind of drags this movie down. Yeah, I, I agree. But there, it really is filled with a, a lot of good shots. Uh, I think it's really good to look at the fog rolling. A lot of the stuff they did with the fog and with the ghosts themselves, I, I think, is really. Um, I agree. It's really yeah, good. yeah, it's yeah. really effective what they did. When they got it right, they really got it right. But 
I don't want to call them plot holes, but there's just things in the story that just seem, uh, for a better word, lacking. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird? I watched this for the first time, and I liked it. Then I watched it again on Blu-ray, and I didn't really like it. I thought it was, like, insanely boring. Then I watched it today <laughs> on this cough syrup, and... <laughs> I was into it again. There you go. And I really thought it was good this time. And I was like, I was really harsh. There's not a dull moment in this movie. And then I, I turned to my left and I looked at my syrup and I noticed there's codeine in it. And I said to myself, I wonder if this is the, the narcotics talking or if I just happen to hit like a stride or something with the movie and it really is good because – they must have thought it was good. Like, you can't make a bad movie. You don't know it's bad. Somebody has to think it's good. Am I no. talking like cough syrup again? No, no, I, no listen. It's I atmospheric. I think you tapped in. That's it. That's it. You tapped it into the in. atmosphere. Yeah. That's the okay. best thing that this movie has. It's what they were trying to do. Right. And I think, for the most part, they succeed with the, the way it looks, the way it's shot, the characters, and stuff like that. And I think you just were, at that moment, you tapped into it. Which is what you gotta do. You just turn your brain off and get fucked up, and it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, you know this is the kind of movie you just get fucked up and come home, man. Oh man. Okay. Yep. Take some put mushrooms. Fucking, yeah, put a hot pocket in the oven. Kick that kick on the couch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hot pocket. <laughs> You're all good, man. Celeste pizza. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh man, I I don't have those here. Yeah, uh, you talked about the fog and the shots of that. I thought that was really cool how they yeah. made that and, and literally kind of gave it a life of its own. You know, it's illuminating, pulsating, stuff like that. The way it um, swallows buildings and stuff like that later in the movie. I mean, you know, some can say it looks bad or it's dated no. or something oh. like that, but I thought it looked great. Yes. And mm-hmm. on the Blu ray, I just got the Blu ray for this. Me too. And, yeah. And. I, I I had the same reaction as you did, Alex. Um, yeah? But I didn't take Cody, and I just watched the movie. And, and, I was and just really super high. Atmosphere. Oh, I was yeah. straight sober oh. and watched it, and I wish I was high. But no, I was straight sober. I came and I watched it. And, um, you know, maybe because it was Blu-ray and the soundtrack was really good. Matter of fact, I have a new sound system I've had for a few months now, and this was the first oh, wow. time the fucking bass oh. was annoyingly loud. Like oh, it yeah. was, it, I never seen such a bassy movie, and I've been yeah. watching movies all, all this time without a problem. The way the soundtrack w- was done, it was very bassy. I had to keep lowering it. I didn't mind. My wife wasn't too thrilled about it. But about that bass? Yeah, it was yeah. a little too much. Bass. Man, hey Dave, people. is your wife here? Was that your wife? Yeah. <laughs> Turn that shit off. <laughs> there she is again. Motherfucker. Wow. Oh man. Wow, Shut the fuck up, what is bitch. She- Oh my god. Get the fuck out my house. I'm gonna leave you for a brother. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Go fix me a turkey pot pie. You short dick, bitch. <laughs> Jesus. You wanna wow. have No, that's not true, woman. Uh, hey Dave, should we leave you guys alone or Nah, shut the fuck up, bitch. Get out of here. Go ahead, fag, and get back on your radio show. Quiet are you, pig? <laughs> Faggot. Ah, that's fucking Harsh, Jesus! Harsh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about um, Father Malone. Uh, now you talked about how he was in Creep Show. What story was yeah. he in? He was in the Crate. Yes. Right. That was a that was a bad. This guy's a good actor, and I only know him from this role 
and that role. Really? Yeah, has he been in some other shit I should know about? Well, he's been around for years, I can tell you that. Hal Holbrook. He was yeah. in Into the Wild. Did you ever see that movie? No, I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see Dan Chalice and this priest team up. Because it looks like they should be in a buddy duo adventure. Just fucking chicks. Or in okay, his case, was, I guess, little boys. He was Into the Wild. He's in Wall Lincoln. Street? Wall Street, Men of Honor, Planes, Fire and Rescue, Monday Morning, uh, all shit. Yeah, oh, he's he still kicking of, it. Oh, he was in Sons of Anarchy. He played uh, Peg Bundy's dad in that. Oh, wow. All of a sudden, he's Oh, that's right. Yeah, team, right? okay. Remember that. Oh, you're there? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Season three. Every show now, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it's even permeated onto Banana Laser, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Jesus. Well, he's still kicking it. He's 89 years old. Good for you, Hal. Hope you're fucking Billy still. Oh, wait, I got... Here's the big question. When you guys were mentioning the quality of the fog, and if we think it was good or look good, how did it look in the remake? Never saw it. I was going to ask you guys. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I I haven't seen it. Nothing good about it at all. Yeah. I haven't heard... I have never heard anybody talk about that movie (laughs) in any fashion. So right. that means it's it's not good, right? I, I even had heard anybody bash it, which usually we hear all the time. I have given our circle. I think yeah, Jamie I said it's crap or something. Yeah, I've heard they have like a fuck. They have comic relief in there. They have a token black in there. Just all kinds of modern stuff that's just there for no reason. Nah, just doesn't hmm. make sense. Well, good thing we're reviewing that movie next, so stay tuned, guys. <laughs> <Right>. <clears throat> hey, do you yeah. guys think that um, you know, being as political as he is in some of his other movies? Do you think that this whole thing was like because they having that big party later and it's a hundred years to the day? It, it's like the mayor's there, whatever the fuck they're having this big party. Do you think this was kind of a, um, you know, like a, a slant on the bicentennial, something like that? Like because it's like a saying, okay, when this country, well, not this country, but when Antonio Bay was founded, these brave men did this, that, and the other fucking thing for us to be here. Meanwhile, we come to find out that they just. Fuck these people over and oh. took their money, and that's why they did it. Do you think that that you know that Carpenter was making a statement about like the United States celebrating mm. its its type of thing? Well, I mean, you talked earlier about his political views and, and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I wouldn't think that he would try to make it that deep or anything. But you know, it's maybe an undertone. You, yeah, maybe you know more about him than I do. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, look at they live. It doesn't get you know much more political than that. Uh, buy, I, sleep, yeah. consume. <laughs> and you know, this is 1980. The, the bicentennial was 1776. It was just something that I had never thought about before watching this movie. Hmm. And as I was seeing them making the speech, talking about the brave people and how this place was founded, and meanwhile we're finding out all these terrible things that you know that really went on, and that's why this place fucking why they had money and they were able to do this stuff. So I thought, hmm, do you think that you know? He was trying to convey some type of message here. I don't know, but that's a really good theory, and it makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, fuck George Washington. That fucking fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Who fucked more slaves, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? You know, I'd like to think of it as a draw, like they fucked all of them. Just, you know, (laughs) one took 50% and the other took 50%. Yeah. They bit, bit on them with their wooden teeth. (laughs) <laughs> well there are a lot of Washingtons and Jeffersons meet this day and age so 
Oh, black, black Washington and Jeffersons? Yes. Yeah. yes. Holy shit, the Jeffersons? Let's go yes. down another rabbit hole here. Um. <laughs> George Washington Duke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Only in America. a week ago in San Diego. Right up the coast, five drugs a day. It'll probably take me a month to get to Vancouver, and if I can sell them for five bucks a piece, I'll be rich. <laughs> cool. <laughs> can I ask you something? Sure. What's your name? Elizabeth. Nick. Hello, Nick. Bye. Let's talk about one of the scenes I think is one of the better scenes in the movie, and that's um, back in the evening... Whenever the grandma and the little boy are in the uh, house together and the fog is starting to swallow the house and Adrian Barbeau is freaking out. This is actually one of the only scenes that I find suspense in. And I I was trying to figure out why that was. And uh, my only guess is that maybe it's because it's an old lady and a little boy. And so maybe they're more helpless than... Uh, Dan Chalice or Jamie Lee Curtis. I love how these things are willing to knock on your door and see if you'll answer instead of yeah. just barking and killing you. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's like a vampire thing. Uh, hey, hey, can I come in? Uh, heard, heard you got some blood in there I want. <laughs> well, think about it. They're dead. They're ghosts. They don't get to have much fun. So when they do come out, they're going to fuck around. You hey. know, they're going to blow up bottles, blow up clocks, knock on doors. What hey, do Blake, know? you know what would be awesome? <laughs> oh, man, we just got to fuck with these people, man. I mean, they're already going to be freaked out, man. Why don't we just knock on the door all creepy-like? And if they don't answer, we go away. <laughs> that's it, man. That's the whole thing. It's a joke. <laughs> I don't get it. They're we only just, there. Oh, it's like Ring and Run. Remember Ring and Run? From 1880? Oh, man, we called it something else. Yeah, yeah, so, so did we. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, th- that's it's another fun. thing, too, is is earlier in the movie, the first night that Jamie Lee and uh, Dan Chalice are together, they get a knock on the door by one of these assholes. But then, like, as soon as he's fucking answering the door, the dude's got a scythe up or whatever, gonna fucking smash his face, he vanishes. What's up oh, with God. that? One o'clock. Oh, it's all about the time and the curse. Oh, okay, night to one. Gotcha. That's why. Yeah. Okay. And you see the the thing because the clock blows up right before it, so they make oh, yeah. you see what time it is. What motherfucking uh, time it is? Yeah. So. Huh. I didn't Can you imagine like if Flavor Flav lived in Antonia Bay 
and what that would be like. Like that could the when the clock burst. Oh, dude, it could have like exploded his chest, and then <laughs> then he would have never gotten to fuck uh, the chick from Virginia Nelson. Nielsen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, another Rocky reference. Yep, of uh, course. Maybe he would have fucked what's her name, Marion Crane. That's what they should they should have had. They could have had a flavor of love in the fog. They could have been competing for his affection. Jamie Lee Curtis in the fog. Ugh, <laughs> I don't want to see that. I'd rather uh, see all the ladies jump on Dan Chalice. Ladies, all the Did ladies. You guys ever see the uh, the porno version of this movie? It's called the. F- uh, I can't. That's too harsh. <laughs> the fact. <laughs> John Crappenders. <laughs> oh yeah, all the salesmen. Oh no, in that they would be called seamen. Yeah right. Holy shit! All decks on hand. <laughs> all, all dicks on hand. All hands on deck. <laughs> oh my Holy god! Fuck. Oh, that's great. Hmm. Um. But, so you know what? Suspense. That was the only suspenseful scene, man. It wasn't because it was a grandma and a kid. The, the scene when the other people got whacked on the boat. There was no suspense there. It was kind of Mm-mm. creepy, and all of a sudden they were dead. Although there was a little suspense with Adrian Barbeau on top of the lighthouse at the same time. Yeah, I guess so. That was kind you of par- parallel to the events at the end. So yeah, which I and- liked. I think another reason why I like that moment is because it was a scene that was featured in the documentary-esque movie, Terror in the Isles. You guys know of this movie? Oh, yes. Oh, I have it, but I never saw it. Oh, really? It's actually a lot of fun. It's yeah. Loomis. you got to watch it. It's fucking straight Loomis. Is and it? Nancy I, Allen. I turned it off in like three minutes. What? Oh, man. Oh, it's great. Watch I didn't it. know where it was going. Watch it while it, you got it doesn't go anywhere. It's literally just clips. Of different of movies, what? of oh, movies. but it's intelligently done. They, the, the clips are arranged in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah, I well. saw that movie dozens of times before I ever saw The Fog, and so I knew that scene very well. Uh, and then it wasn't until years later. So maybe I just—it's a holdover of the suspense I felt while watching the movie. Then, so yeah, check it out. So, so eventually we get to the end, and all of our heroes. Collectively, except for Adrian Barbeau, she stays in that fucking lighthouse the whole time. Uh, they they somehow careen back at the church, and the old father figures out by reading his grandfather's book that he found earlier in the film that it, the, what the plot is, and it's all about this gold and how they stole Blake's money to uh, to to what I guess build the town, build a cross it, out of it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. It's like. <laughs> Uh, what was the point of taking this asshole's money? Like, he could have just said, hey, I don't want your fucking leper colony here. Fuck off. But instead, he took his money and then murdered his ass. Why? For the money. What do you mean, why? That's yeah, the but answer. Then, you it yourself. But then, wh- what the guy was rich. Ha- okay, what good is having money if all you do is turn it into a cross and put it in a fucking wall? Well, right. hold on. Who's to say that all of the gold went to their cross? Uh, I think I said that. Well, no, they said that they that they built the town with because they even said that these people came in and, and you know they built the town with this money. That's why they were able. That's why they did it. They so, built so, these to boost titties. The economy. 
They What's built that? these titties with silicone. <laughs> Guys, shut up! I'm singing here. Built these titties. How come when they uh when he grabbed the cross, it seemed like that was the conclusion? Then if it yes. if the money was everywhere else, well, it did seem that way. And I, you know, once again with this movie, uh, there are some things that that are they don't make a lot of sense. And that, that is what I just want to say. Hey, yeah, the cross was there. And obviously, we saw what happened at the end with it. But yeah, he uh, shook it just... a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all the eggs weren't in the same basket. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they had the cross as backup. But let me say this: when that did happen, with the, with the with the gold cross and the ghost and all that shit, I'm thinking: so all this time, this is all about fucking money. That's what they. <laughs> They're fair. Uh, yeah, it's like really... Die Hard. <laughs> it's like, aren't terrorists. It's like it's like Garfield's Halloween special. It's the, uh, just like the that. ghost, the pirate ghost, ghost came pirate. back to uh, take the gold treasure that was buried underneath the uh, in that house a hundred years later. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, even as a kid, I said, "Well, why would the ghost need money <laughs> to fix what, their what fucking leprosy?" <laughs> <laughs> well, they were pretty fair if they were, for being ghosts. You would think that they just if they want to wreak havoc and, and have revenge, they should just come and wipe out the whole fucking town. Why does it have to be six? They're awfully fair for fucking you know antagonists. Just oh, we're just gonna kill six people and then well, they don't they don't even make it to six. How about that? They get well. Oh, well, they make it to spoilers. six. Okay. Spoilers. Okay, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Nineteen eighty. Okay, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying at this point of the movie, with the cross, mm-hmm. they, they only yeah. have five. And in other words, they're saying, well, you're going to give us the gold. We won't take the final life. We'll go away. We have our gold back. And that's when I was scratching my head saying, what the fuck? They went through all of this just for gold? I was like bummed out. But I was like, that, that's fucked up. But then, of course, we get the you know we get the surprise at the end. But even if. It's still six people. They're awfully fair for being fucking beyond the grave. Like, almost like they're the good guys. I guess in a way they are. All of this, and it turns out you're just a common thief. <laughs> McLean. Uh, uh, shoot the glass. Let's just do diehard lines. Go for Yippee it. Kaya, <laughs> Dave's like, I've never seen Die Hard. <laughs> no, I was okay with the Rocky series. You know, I could have kept going with that. But... You haven't seen Die Hard for real? I have not. Oh, my. I want to punch you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't like I saw part movies. one and that's it, I think. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. So really? Jeff Spicoli. Huh. Wow. Okay. I'm it shocked. Did. What, that I haven't seen Die Hard? Uh, well, or, or that Alex hadn't seen any of the sequels. Why was wrong with that? They're great movies. And you really? like those kind of movies, Alex. I, I'm still trying to figure out why Bruce Willis is a star. Because of Die Hard. You don't like Bruce Willis? No. Hmm, interesting. Die Hard 3 is definitely worth checking out. Jeremy Irons, Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis. It's good. Okay. Um, yeah, didn't somebody famous direct one of those, two or three? And, oh, oh, the guy who did Nightmare on Elm Street 4 did part two. <laughs> Rennie Harlan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, fucking Dick Screaming. I mean, Father Malone. <laughs> I don't know why I just called him that. Father Malone. He fucking defeats the evil. His drunk ass, you know. The evil is gone. <laughs> the evil's gone, man. The evil's gone. It's gone. I gave him all the gold. Um, 
Why wasn't Pleasance in this movie? Fuck, that's the one guy from oh. Halloween. How do you not bring him in? He should have been the old man in the beginning telling the ghost story. Dude, yeah. Right? How do you not bring... Honestly, I... why wasn't Pleasance cast in Hal Holbrook's role? Honestly. Pleasance could have been like... Get Carpenter on the phone. I saw the six of them staring at the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this very night a hundred years ago. <laughs> With their leper faces and their eyes sliding down their face. They had the greenest skin. The greenest skin. The that, greenest eyes. That one asshole on the rooftop had, like, worms squiggling on his face. <laughs> oh, I like that. It was... Didn't make... Well, it made sense, but he was the only close-up we had. Mm-hmm. That was... That, you know? that, that whole... That was reshot. Yeah, that entire sequence of her being chased up the Stop it, man. thing Please. was a. I'm being serious. I know it's it's ruining the movie. Everything I, I find like it fascinating. No, you no, all, all yes, just because it's like filmmaking and movie magic. Like uh, we filmed this fucking six months later, and we put it in here, and you really don't know until somebody tells you, like, hey, this is all. And I find that stuff behind the scenes, you know fascinating in, in, in a way i do but it makes me question carpenter I was like, what the fuck was he doing no it should it should make you uh revel in his genius because he made this movie he sat down put it all together watched it and said he even claims this oh. he says he says this movie was terrible so what oh, do i do sorry. i he's like most directors would just be like just you know wither up and and uh, you know, give up. He's like, no. He's like, I want to fix this. So we went back out and reshot this stuff and made a better oh, movie. I, you know, I was missing. Okay, oh, I feel great about it now. Bravo, Carpenter. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we're doing the retro. No, I thought that like the <laughs> studio or a, a, a test audience or something, somebody saw it and said, "Hey, go back and make these changes." Like in fucking. Oh, you know, I got you. Jason lives. How they fucking threw in extra bodies to get killed because of Halloween. Two. Oh, the best scene. Yes, in Halloween Jason Two. He had to reshoot. Yeah. John Carpenter came in to reshoot a lot of Halloween Two. Well, not a yeah. lot. I shouldn't say that. But yeah, but he was wasted. He, you know, that, I understand that he said he was. He didn't want to do it. And he was drunk. He was fucked oh, up was the whole gone. process. For this movie, he 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 made the movie, um, watched it or whatever, and then said, "I want to go back." It was a conscious effort on his part. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Thanks for clearing that up because I was thinking, what the fuck was this dude thinking that people? I just assumed people were telling him. Did, you, you agree, Alex? Did you think that other people were saying, "Hey, go back um, and do this and do that" to make? I, no, when Matt said it, I um, I assumed or pictured him sitting there in the editing room and just being like, "This is kind of boring." Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I had the whole wrong idea then. Okay, I, I thought of other people, uh, the studio or the producers or somebody because you hear that a lot these days that someone else comes and tells the director um i think we should make some changes yeah i think watching the behind the scenes footage and and all this stuff and of how they changed the movie and reworked the entire movie is fascinating and almost as more interesting than the movie itself exactly yeah oh i can't wait to watch the oh good because i got the blue and all it's all in the blu-ray yeah it's the commentaries the behind the scenes stuff it's like fifty percent of it is about this stuff. It's very cool. Oh, that's great. Well, well, good for him. I'm glad he went back into that. That that is really cool. Yeah, if only he did that with Ghost of Mars or Escape from L.A. You know, or, you know. Okay. In doing some research for this, which I did very little, uh, I came across a few lists that actually put a, this movie, The Fog, as worse than Escape from L.A. Which, what? I don't know if you guys have seen Escape from L.A., but it is 
<laughs> and it's really bad. Is it really? Why? <laughs> it's just, well, if you want to see the absolute, absolute worst visual effects in your life, watch that <laughs> really? movie. And if you want to see take, him take an iconic character, Snake, Snake Plissken, and, and just shit all over it. That that's 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 probably what's really bad about it is the first one was such a great movie with almost nothing. And the sequel had tons of money and it looks like garbage and it makes the this badass uh, you know, in a world of shit. Is is it a poor man's um escape from New York? Is that a good way to say it? It's it's basically the exact same plot. Um it's it's pretty much the same movie. It's set fifteen years or twenty years later or whatever it is. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's also made by Carpenter and it's just, it's atrocious to watch. You'll get about 45 minutes in you're like, Hey, this isn't so bad. You know, it's not so bad. And then, then they go surfing like down a, uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of, oh man, it's just, it's, it's bad. That's fucked up. Stick, Stick it up your crack. Speaking of sticking things up your crack, I just got a text from my wife. All, all kidding aside. Got to go? <laughs> no. And it no. says, I will skull fuck the shit out of you. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Halloween remake. Because I say that to her all the time, jokingly. I Bitch, go, I will crawl over there and skull, skull fuck, fuck the, the shit, shit out, out, of out of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Jokingly, he says. Yeah. <laughs> He's a real sweet guy. We yeah, know well, you heard how she acted. You, hey, you heard what the kind of shit she was doing before. It goes back and forth there. Yeah. So, Jesus good. Christ. Yeah, well, so I figured I'd throw that in just because it fit the the mood of the show. <laughs> so yeah, so well, yeah, okay. Carpenter. Wow, yeah. thanks, Matt, because uh, you were it was bumming me out, but now my faith has been restored, and I can give him a pass on the other stuff because he was older. Every one of the greats got shittier as they got older. It's just yeah. a profession of things. So the last shot, our last scene, I guess, in this movie is. The one last jump scare. And I think that he actually did this to great effect because it's a good gotcha moment and it leaves you, you know, pumped. That's what you take away from the movie is that singular moment of gotcha, Father Mahoney or whatever his name is. Um, (laughs) It's one of those moments where... You know, sometimes people think these jumps at the end are cheap in a movie, but I think it elevates it because that, like I said, that's your last impression of the movie. So you kind of, the whole climax and, and stuff like this, you forget about the slow parts in the middle. And you just think about how exciting that the finale was. Yeah, the, the ending could fool you, man. You could mm-hmm. walk out of a movie thinking you just saw something great. And it was like, yeah, but what about the other 80 minutes? <laughs> yeah, but... So let's do something that we haven't done in a long time, and that is give out some awards. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, first up, let's go with the banana split, uh, the best kill of the film. Uh, let's start with uh, our newcomer, Alex. What, what do you think? So who died in this movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got well, five I, I, died. I you know that. No, you know six died. died. 
No, no. Oh, yeah. My bad. Six did die. They were. I don't really remember them. Really, nothing. Nothing stands out. That's the there's problem the with this movie. Three on the boat. Something stands out to me, but there's the three on the boat, and then um, who are the other two in between? Uh, the old lady and Sheriff Brackett. Okay, oh, yeah. I remember his kill. Okay. So I'll say him because that's the only one I remember. Yeah, he got the hook in the neck. Okay. He's yeah. like, they ain't gonna like finding me home. Whoever it is, they ain't gonna like finding me home, sweetheart. Yeah. I just hated him in this movie. <laughs> well, they, t- they took a couple of ropes and knife. Uh, what, do you, what do you think it was? <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna like finding me home. Like that's sudden. Oh, you're a bad ass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so Dave, what do you think? Oh, it, it's easy. The first kill was great. The fucking which one was that? The uh, sword through the chest, right? Yeah, because. It- Totally took you by surprise. The guy's just standing there. Next thing you know, it's it's half jump scare, half fucking cool ass kill. Because all of a sudden, this fucking big long knife is sticking out of his stomach. Because the guy got him from behind. I don't remember that one. Oh, it was great. What a way yeah. to fucking kick off the shit. Because it was so moody. You're sitting there and you're seeing the fog and you're seeing these guys. You're like, what the fuck? And they put on your the- shit, kick his and kick some shit. Put <laughs> on your shit, kick his and kick some shit. <laughs> and then boom, the fucking knife comes up and you. He was a banana split. In every sense of the word, that guy was split. Cut right down the middle. And I agree with you, Dave. That's probably the most exciting kill. I would almost say the father at the end, but that was a, a cut to black kind of a scenario. And right. okay, it I wasn't agree. a satisfying. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Hey. All right. Hey. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on to um, banana you'd like to peel. The hottest chick in this movie. I th- I'll just go first because everybody knows mine. It's Annie Brackett. Uh, <clears throat> I need a moment. Okay, go ahead, guys. Alex, go ahead. Ah, oh, damn it! Ah, hoping to write off your coattails. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, man. Now, am I, do I have to do uh, as if I was in this movie, or I can go with the future? In- no, within the movie. In because the, I, you are I in Antonio Bay. Because then I picked Janet Lee also. Antonio Bay. I t- I did something damaging actually because I found uh, Annie Brackett so hot. I'm like, you know, what does she look like today? Mm. And, oh, oh don't. Oh man, right. that. Oh that that no. Mm-mm. As a no. matter of fact, we talk about it on the Halloween retrospective. That's oh, we why did. <laughs> I picked PJ Souls, and that was the reason I gave. I, I chose her over Annie Brackett because I was watching that documentary, The Halloween 25 Years of Terror, and I saw her on it and how fucking bad she looked, and I couldn't get that picture of her out of my head. So that's why I picked PJ Souls. Yeah, it's unfortunate. By default, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, JLC here. Wow, JLC. Hmm. Is it because she was, she was so uh, slutty? I started a week ago in San Diego. Right up the coast, five drawings a day. It'll probably take me a month to get to Vancouver, and if I can sell them for five bucks a piece, I'll be rich. <laughs> cool. <laughs> can I ask you something? Sure. What's your name? Elizabeth. Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi. Yeah, she's more my, like, the kind of girl I would actually be with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, low, low end pussy. Right. My dog started to bark at 12 last night and didn't stop until 6 this morning. What happened? He was pointed toward the... What open. happened? Listen to that sweet voice. My 
dog goes crazy and decides to bark at the water. I heard the church bells at midnight as oh, I started oh, to oh, drift baby. off to sleep, and suddenly my car alarm went off for absolutely yeah, no tell me all about it. Uh-huh, woke up the whole block. <laughs> Here, it is like this. It's like... I woke up early this morning and my dog was running around the house and suddenly my car <laughs> alarm went off and it woke up the neighbors and I got up and went outside. Wow, really? That's crazy. Is that all my I'm lines? building an empire. It sounds like that. Not built upon shit. Did you guys think I'm crazy? Like when I, I literally one time was watching, the second time I watched this, I, I was laughing out loud. I said, this sounds like a play, like a high school play. Am yeah, I, am no, I you're right? not wrong. Do you guys hear that? Okay. No, line, I definitely do, yeah. Their run-on sentence, yeah, that's poorly executed. The rest, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Yeah, it never really yeah. bothers me, but yeah. you pointing it out, it's pretty funny. Right, right. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for ruining this good movie. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make it interesting, and because I complimented her before, said it was the best she ever looked, and I like her with long hair, I'm going to take Adrian Barbo. Nice. Yep. So we each took a different girl. So if the three of us were in Antonio Bay, it would be smooth sailing for us sailors. Dude, yep. can you imagine us hooking up with Dan Chalice and just running through this town and just fucking laying pipe? Wow. Man, wow. best night of our life. And then getting some stomach pounders the next day. <laughs> I'll give her some stomach pounders. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Open them guts. She has some sailors in her stomach. Well, if Mahoney blows, <laughs> salesman, let me splatter Sales- you with salesmen. Sorry, sailors, salesmen. She'll have salesmen in her. It's a good, good way to fuck that joke up. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'll tell you what. If Mahoney ever just gets fucking really pissed and decides to bomb the laser lounge and we all die together, I hope that we end up in Antonio Bay and then we can live out these fantasies. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I would take that as heaven. So. Heaven, yeah. All right. And we could swap. You know, we'd have fun. I ain't swapping shit. She's <laughs> mine. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be swapping shit. She's mine! <laughs> mine! She's mine! Mine! Uh, okay, mine! <laughs> Alright, so uh, let's do my favorite part of any movie review, and that's giving a rating out of five stars. Uh, Alex, what would you rate John Crappender's The Fog from 1980? I'm going to give it a, you know, because I've, like I said, I had an experience when it was not that good. I had an experience when it was good. Uh, so I'm going to land in the middle, which I think is appropriate with a three. That means I liked it. Dave Z. Yes. I will give it a three and a half severed heads out of five. <laughs> is that what we're doing now? <laughs> I gave it the Matt rating. Yeah, that was your rating for fucking solve something. Type <laughs> 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 up that thing online. So, yeah. I found that on MySpace. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, for one of the Saw movies. He gave his review at the end. It I was, forgot which one it was. It but... was Saw 5. Nice. I, I remembered I wrote some review on MySpace. and I, After going through about fucking <laughs> 10 different channels to recover that page, I found yeah. it. <laughs> so I said, one day I'm going to pull that rating out of the bag. And I've been waiting uh, for the right day, and that, that day became today. Severed heads. Yep. Uh, well, I give this movie. <clears throat> I liked the movie. I liked the atmosphere. I felt it kind of dragged in the middle, but that doesn't take away overall of the of the fun I had with the characters and the ensemble and um, and the atmosphere and the effects and stuff like that. 
I think this is a it should be a definite watch for any Carpenter fan or any horror fan. So I give it three out of fives, five severed heads as well. <laughs> <clears throat> so I tie with Alex. So it's a good movie. It's not great. It's definitely not Carpenter's best, but it's still good, and it's no escape from L.A. glowing review (laughs) alright so we will be right back with other things after this break hi mateys this is KAB Antonio Bay Stevie Wayne here beaming a signal across the sea ahoy there matey you in for the long haul you need a little hitch in your get along a little lift on down the line oh uh yeah, actually, I was waiting for a cab or something, but, uh... All right, don't miss the phone. Hey, thanks. Not a problem. Anchors away! So what do you think of my little vessel? She's what we call seaworthy. S-E-E. See with your eyes. And this... This is like my little window to the world. And every minute's a different show. Now, I may not understand it. I may not even necessarily agree with it. But I'll tell you what, I accept it. And just sort of glide along. You want to keep things on an even keel, I guess is what I'm saying. You want to go with the flow. The sea refuses no river. The idea is to remain in a state of constant departure while always arriving. It saves on introductions and goodbyes. The ride does not require an explanation, just occupants. That's where you guys come in. It's like you come onto this planet with a crayon box. Now, you may get the 8-pack, you may get the 16-pack, but it's all in what you do with the crayons that you're given. You don't worry about drawing within the lines or coloring outside the lines. I say color outside the lines, you know what I mean? Color right off the page. Don't box me in. We're in motion to the ocean. We are not landlocked, I'll tell you that. So where do you want out? Uh, who, me? My first? Uh, I don't know, really anywhere is fine. Well, just just, just give me an address or something, okay? Uh, tell you what, go up three more streets, take a right, go two more blocks, drop this guy off on the next corner. Where's that? Well, I don't know either, but it's somewhere. And it's going to determine the course of the rest of your life. All right, Lasers, we're back. And we got some exciting shit going on. As we announced, uh, seemingly, seems like a million years ago, uh, Dave Z has in his possession three DVDs of the Banana Laser Proof film, Pieces of Talent, to give away. And we're going to do that now. If you guys don't know, I'm not going to tell you how people entered because they already did and you didn't. So <laughs> we, we already still told promote you. it, though. Hey, we still want readings. <clears throat> yeah. Remember, check it out, though. Down the road, we're going to do uh, other giveaways. And it might just be the same thing. So anyone that gives us ratings and reviews on iTunes is going to go into the next drawing whenever that's going to be. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that's how all the uh, uh, lasers entered this time. They gave us a five-star review and, yeah, wrote a review on iTunes, and that's how you got in. So, yeah, leave us one, and then in the future, because we're bound to do this shit again in the future. You ready to give some shit away, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, we got three DVDs, and I got everybody's name here in a hat. So let's... Pull one out at random here. I'm not looking. Is it an exorcist hat? Uh, no, it's, it is a Jameson hat. 
Jenna Jameson? Ah, uh, no. No, oh. the Irish whiskey, Jameson. Oh, oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, here we go. Man, you're going to pay the uh, the shipping fees on this one because our first winner is Josh Kellett. Oh. All the way in Australia. Another yes. shrimp on the Barbie there, mate. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he talks like that. Um, so awesome. There you go, brother. Uh, he's well well deserving of that. He's been listening for a long time, so that's yep. awesome. There you go. Uh, I'm glad he spoke up, too, because we, uh, we didn't know that he left it because we weren't able to see it initially. Yeah, strangely, other countries, I guess, use a different iTunes, and you can't see it. So if you guys are listening in you know, Japan or whatever, be sure to let us know that you do this kind of shit. So. Yes, All right. send over some Japanese horn Yeah, please do. And porn. Yeah. Ooh, and some of those panties you get from a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second winner for a Pieces of Talent DVD is Will W2. Yeah. Will W2, whoever that is. You know who that is. Is that... Uh, uh, it's got to be Will Wilhelm. Ah! Will Wilhelm. Every time we say that, we got to put that Wilhelm scream. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Will! Congratulations, nice. sir. DVD coming to you, uh, plus plus some other shit. All right, so the last one. Best of luck to all you lasers. Here we go. Here we go. Who's it gonna be? Lucky winner. Bag of leaves over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my jerk off hat. Uh, <clears throat> Are you gonna send the hat too? Uh, it's the hat I wear while I jerk off. I'm totally oh. nude. I wear a hat. Yeah. Sometimes I also put on boots. Okay, here we go. These boots are made for Okay, here we go. The last winner of our Pieces of Talent DVD giveaway is... Johnny Krug! Oh, nice! Yeah, horror podcaster himself of uh, Kruger Nation. There you go, sir. So, all you lasers, please contact us. Send us an email, bananalasergmail.com, and we will send you a DVD plus some banana laser stickers and maybe, you know, some other shit we'll throw in there, I'm sure. So, congratulations to all the lasers. Yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, and also, uh, just to plug it real quick, also go to the Pieces of Talent website and check out the, what's it called, crowdfunding shit for the sequel. If you like the first one, check that shit out, and I want to see the sequel, so. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lasers, we are back, and we have a very special guest in the lounge today. He's a laser, he's a bonehead, he's a filmmaker. Everyone welcome Alex Aronson. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to uh, finally be a part of the Laser Lounge and uh, Mm -hmm. talk on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you. Um, Now, Alex is here uh, to talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, he recently just went to the Sundance Film Festival. That that sounds like a fun ass trip to me. That's something that Dave and I 
aren't uh, astute enough to be welcomed at a place like that. I don't. Think. <laughs> You're right, no, yeah. you would be welcomed. You would be welcomed. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not. It's not like um, like a regular horror convention. You know, it's a different crowd. So, I was a little worried. True, about... but there's still. It's out of all the big festivals and stuff. It's still like the most laid back and fun. And so, crazy bastards like you guys would fit in just fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year. It, where is it? Is it in L.A. or my? It's in Utah. It's in Utah. It's in like a. Utah. It's a small yeah. city in Utah, right? Right, right with the morning. Right, yeah, it's right in the middle of like the canyons and everything. But yeah, it it's it's one of those festivals where it started small. I'm sure years ago, and now it's like the festival, the spot. And so I, I guess just once a year, Hollywood essentially just takes over the town, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was started by Robert Redford, actually. Oh, okay. And oh, then, I think I knew uh, that. Yeah. And they pretty much turned all of downtown, turned all of Main Street into like this huge uh, festival hub where there's panels and parties and and all these places set up venues and and um, speaks, you know, speaking and theaters and just everything is transformed and that whole town really becomes becomes the festival for for the couple weeks in january Hmm. now they're showing just tons of movies there do they add theaters or something like that just for the festival i don't know if they actually added them but there there are a lot of theaters Hmm. in the in the place there is one downtown that's like the main one it's called the egyptian but then a lot of these surrounding hotels have like actual theaters inside of them too. Oh, okay. They probably have added them. Since... Right. They probably accommodated since mm-hmm. it became what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Now, is this the first time you've been there? Yeah. This was my first time at Sundance. I got the opportunity because I was working with a company that uh, I was doing film sales and film distribution for in, in uh, Europe. So I was doing like, foreign working with a company that did like foreign sales of movies did that in berlin and the berlin festival and everything like that and um actually the movie that was on our roster for foreign sales was exists the bigfoot movie (laughs) that's one of Uh, our favorites yeah yeah so uh did that and then um got the opportunity to come back with the same company to do sundance do a little work there and also got to network and stuff and uh it was my first time going it was a total blast that's awesome. Now, were you able to go with people you knew, like friends and stuff? Actually, a couple people from Syracuse University. That's where I go to school right now. That's uh, you. They went through the same this same program to get oh, okay. to to get to the festival as well. So, um, yeah, I knew a couple people. Yeah, that's good. I mean, at least it wouldn't be a total foreign environment. Um, cool, but right. yeah. Right. Now this year, there's actually, uh, see, I don't, I don't pay attention a lot to the films that come out. I mean, I love all genres of film. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like in our circle, the horror genre really isn't represented at this event. Is that a safe assumption? Usually, well, actually, they have a whole new. Well, I don't know how new it is. I just made that up. They have a whole <laughs> new. Um... It's new to us. It's new to you. They have a whole uh, section of their festival called Park City at Midnight, 
which is kind of their section that they have reserved off for genre films and sci-fi films and stuff like that. This year they had about eight films in the Midnight series, eight to ten. Um, so I'd say they have a fair share. A large majority of what they show at Sundance is like dramas usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the genre, horror genre has like kind of its own uh, section, the Midnight section. Mm-hmm. And they usually premiere all the all the horror flicks at midnight, which is pretty cool as well. Oh, that's, cool. that is cool. It's too late for me though. I, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy here, here, here in St. Louis. There's a a, a midnight uh, show once a month. Then they show genre movies, and it's it's awesome. It's an incredible thing to do. But it, <laughs> the past two years, I can't make it because. It gets to be like ten thirty, and I sound like an old person, but it gets to be like ten thirty, eleven. I'm like, I'm fucking tired. I can't get there at midnight. And then, <laughs> what was the last midnight screening that you attended that you were uh, able to stay up to? Uh, I think it was Christmas Evil, the first one, and that was a couple years ago. Because I went to it very regularly, and then what happened was my job changed, and so now I just, I just get up earlier. You know, I get up at six. Right. Right. Every day, so I can't be, you know, I, I just go to bed earlier, unfortunately. So, but that's cool, though. I like that. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I do make a lot of money podcasting, so I don't have to work as much, but. You just do it, you know, to fill your days. Hey, hey, I love to cook, you know, so what can I say? <laughs> fill no, my about, days. <laughs> about these, the, the horror people there, um, would you say that there's a a pretty fair amount of of uh, horror fans there? You, I'd say in general, well, the Sundance audience is just a lot of either people who are in the industry or movie lovers themselves, um, but specifically horror fans. I mean, yeah, definitely at the midnight ones, you had the diehards, and during all the Eli Roth panels and stuff, you had a lot of horror fans there. So I think it's fairly... We have our fair representation there, I think. That's cool. Eli Roth, huh? Mm. Now, he showed a film there this year, right? His he, new film? Yeah, he premiered Knock Knock. Um, Dude, I and, saw the 30-second teaser, and <laughs> I loved it. Just because it's, it's like every man's fantasy. <laughs> it, it's it's hard to explain. It's not really... I, I went to one of the screenings of it, and um, it's not really... I wouldn't classify it as horror. It's more like, it's definitely more of like a dark comedy. Really? It, it's it's really good. It's It kind of has like a mixture of like funny games. So it's hmm. it's this guy, Keanu Reeves, who um, is home alone and then uh, gets a knock on the door. And it's <laughs> the wet bandits chicks. show up, clearly. These two smoking hot chicks and one of them is actually Eli's, uh, Eli's wife. Oh, and, um, the blonde or the brunette? The brunette. Oh, okay. I want the blonde. So okay. And uh, they're just these crazy characters, and, and I won't give too much away from there, but it's a really fun, entertaining movie. And he, after the panel, after he did the screening, he was talking about how he got it off the ground, and they shot in August. So, I mean, they shot and edited that thing in a record amount of time. But to get the funding for it in the spring... He was going around at the Oscars. He got into the Oscars and he was going around asking everyone he knew for favors just to get the budget for this, for Knock Knock. Hmm. 
And um, actually, the opportunity came up for him to, he could, the opportunity came up for him, he said, to sell the script for Cabin Fever. Someone would just remake his own script, which came out early in the summer, the news of that. But um, so he said he basically whored himself out and <laughs> sold the script for uh, Cabin Fever remake so he could get the budget together to do this remake or this film, Knock Knock. But yeah, so basically, I guess he he just um, used the budget uh, from people at the Oscars and from selling out Cabin Fever. Can you describe in full detail the last 10 minutes of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) The listeners want to know. Listeners want well, Keanu Reeves is in it. (laughs) <laughs> and he gets absorbed into the matrix he takes and... a red pill and a blue pill and then it goes really different. <laughs> oh man i gotta say the thing about the script is is odd um that's not something that usually happens with remakes is it i've never heard well, of right it. well i remember the news at the beginning of the summer when they said they were going to remake cabin fever and use his exact script and part of oh. me is is like Why? i think that's I think it's an interesting idea to see what a filmmaker would do, like have the same script and then see what another filmmaker would do with it. But on the other hand of it, it being a remake and using the same exact script, I just wonder if it's going to become like a psycho situation right. where it's just the exact same movie. The uh, <clears throat> I heard on a podcast recently something very similar to that entire situation, but it was for a TV show. I think it was... Uh, the creators of Project Greenlight on HBO had oh, another okay. show idea of where they would have two filmmakers take one script or one idea and both go off and make. Right, right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That's, that's, it could be interesting. It also could be a total disaster. You just never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see. I'm I'm not too quick to judge on remakes, and maybe that's because I grew up in like the era of the mm-hmm. boom of remakes, but... There are some good, solid remakes that really do good with the with the work, like Hills of Eyes and oh, uh, Evil Dead, and you know I think that uh, some of them have taken good use of the remake format. Yeah, there's good ones. I'm just surprised that somebody would go through, or would you know even think about purchasing the script just to remake a movie. It's just the whole thing just seems weird to me. I I, I can't imagine why. You know what I mean? People are remaking movies all the time, and you know they they kind of stick to the original, and they have obviously the same subject matter, characters, and whatnot. But I, I, I never even considered that as being an option. We're going to purchase a script and then remake your movie. It's just really weird. But hey, if, if that's what got him money, <laughs> yeah, funded, yeah, yeah. yeah Dave... So everybody funds. See, some guys crowdfund. Some guys, even Eli Roth, does it. Even Eli Roth, yeah, I don't think it ever stops. No, yeah, you need money from somewhere. Yeah, and Dave is a uh, is just clamoring for any Eli Roth project oh, at, because because Green Inferno has been on the shelf waiting to be released, and he just he said, yeah, someone asked him about that in the panel, and he said um, he didn't explain why it got shelved, but uh, he said to look for it August September. Yeah, I, I think we read that on a on a Banana Bites episode. Uh, well, Dave's verdict is out on Eli Roth on whether or not he still likes him as a filmmaker until he sees one of these two fucking films, right, Dave? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just been too damn long. I just can't. 
I can't uh, keep. Yeah, you can't keep riding the, you know, uh, riding the wave. Uh, you make a name for yourself and just do something, you know, because all the other horror directors, they all kind of came out at once. There was him. There was Aja. Uh, there was Rob Zombie. Yeah, you know. it was that whole splat pack. Yeah, yeah, they all came out, and they, they've all can, can continued to ride. So, you know, some have been good, some have not been so good. Whatever, it's all you know. It's all subject to opinion. But this guy, it's been what? What I say the other day, seven years. It's just strange. I just other than directing, he's also been doing like a lot of producing, and he's produced tons, shit ton of movies. Yeah, tons. And the thing and is, he's getting credit for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that clown movie. Oh, that's Eli Ross movie. No, it's fucking not. But he puts his name on it, and people think that he's keeping busy. Where, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know more about the producing than than I do, but it, it could be just as simple as, you know, putting up your money. Am I right? I mean, it could. He could. It could be that level of involvement where you're just giving up money or mentorship, and in return, uh, you know, you can have your name on the title or something. But I think Quentin Tarantino did that with Hostel. He saw Hostel yep. and mm-hmm. maybe gave it a little money or something, and then it was Quentin Tarantino presents right. Hostel. But I, on the other end of it, he could be, you know, a fully involved producer that's along and on the set and everything. But who knows? I blind bought Big Bad Wolves based on a Quentin Tarantino quote that was on the box, I believe, <laughs> and I still haven't watched the fucking movie. Damn, one, dude! One day, yeah, one day. Oh, you got um, But uh, I want to talk about another movie that uh, I believe you saw there. Definitely played there, and uh, that's my most anticipated film for this year. And that's It Follows. Did you check that oh, one out, dude? I know, and I know. <laughs> that's all you can say about it, dude. <laughs> and Jason Lloyd's been everywhere on Facebook posting about it, and for good reason. That that's it's a great movie like everything about it from like the story to the acting to the cinematography the the camera work has a very 1970s john carpenter feel to it Hmm, perfect and uh, just it's beautifully shot and it's well executed and it's a atmospherically creepy film and it's awesome and i think it comes out i think they were releasing it march 13th no shit. Okay. States. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's good to hear because I mean, not that I don't value Jason Lloyd's opinion, but when you see on some of his recommends, uh, <laughs> you know, question. Yeah, I don't always back everything he says, but that's awesome. Okay, it's good to hear. And it's not just it's everybody. It's like every quote I've seen about this movie essentially yeah. just said exactly what what you said. Very I, glowing. That this that it follows. At Sundance this year is the Barbadook at Sundance last year, hmm. and I think it's going to ah. get that kind of traction and that kind of attention and and uh, fit well because I think Barbadook was it had awesome atmosphere. It was really creepy, um, mm-hmm. and it was a well made film. So yeah, I, I hope we're not building it follows up too much for Tony T. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like right. the build up to movies. <laughs> Don't talk about movies, god damn it. That's a spot on impression of him, by the way. <laughs> spot on. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, so um you what you said there are about eight other or eight features in total on this midnight program. 
Uh, did yeah. you check out anything else? The housemate that I was with got to see The Witch, which is kind of this... He said it was really uh, scary, and a lot of the reviews that have been coming out and it, uh, have also said it was really scary, and it's like a period witch piece. I don't know if it takes place in Salem, but uh, I heard that was really good. I also saw this movie called Hellions. I've heard of this. It's twisted, crazy... I don't even know how to explain it, but it—it's so—it's—it's it's all about you don't know what um, if it's a dream or, or what kind of reality you're in. The Whoa. film plays with that a lot. It's a really twisted, crazy movie, and I'm not doing it justice at all because I still don't know quite how to explain it. But um, hmm. it's from the guy who did—I can't remember who what. Um, I can't remember what he did off the top of my head, but um, he's a really artsy, crazy director. I actually, so, I, actually um, I looked up this movie the other day, and uh, it looks like uh, there's not a lot about it, but it looked like like a home invasion movie set on Halloween, basically. And then it's hard to get. I don't want to get <laughs> all right, but I'll, it's like it. it you, it, there's twists to it, and then you're not sure what is reality and what isn't reality. That sounds cool as fuck, like a David Lynch movie or something. Right. Uh, it's <clears> from <throat> the guy who did Pontypool. I don't know if uh, you Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Wow. Huh. It's very stylistic and very visually pleasing. Hmm. Sweet. I, right. I, I happen to be also, while I was on IMDb, I was looking at the cast list. And there's a lot of strange <laughs> cast names, one of which is Buckethead. <laughs> not not the guitar whiz Buckethead, but some dude in the movie who goes by Buckethead. And there's yeah, also like Baghead. And, you yeah, know. those are like the, the people, that the kids that invade the, the house, the trick-or-treaters, hmm. if you will. Oh, man, oh. You, you said too much. Spoiler, spoiler. Too much. <laughs> but seriously, give us the in detail the last ten minutes of the movie. Right. So again, <laughs> goes up. He's not in Holy any, shit. He's not in the beginning at all. He just shows up at the end <laughs> and his face with the red or blue question once again. But he's as John Wick this time. Right. They just recycled the knock knock ending. Yeah. <laughs> Eli just sold it and someone reused it again. He's just <laughs> banging two chicks and that's like the end of the movie. Don't you just want to see this? <laughs> they all tie together. All of the movies are tying together. It's like Wouldn't a that be a trip? Story. Wow. I hope it comes out on, on, on Halloween, but it, it probably won't because since since you've already seen it. Um, well, I don't know if it was picked up by distribution yet, so uh, if okay. they do, they probably would release it around Halloween if they were smart about you it. You would hope. Yeah, you would hope. But we have seen some um, some poor decisions lately because you know, when we do the banana bites, sometimes movies are being released and it's like, what the fuck? Why now? Right? I was listening actually to one of the bites earlier and you were t- you guys were talking about the Kevin Smith holiday movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I'm curious to know what holiday they actually correlate that with. Uh, well, thinks none. Since it involves all of them. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> mean the release no date? Yeah. yeah. I, I say go for, I don't know. Um, June. <laughs> yeah. What's in June? Nothing. Father's um, day. Arbor oh, day. Shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Father's day. Fuck. Right. Uh, January is kind of empty. So maybe they'll go with that, but it's also a fucking sh- Usually a dumping ground for films. So do you have any, uh, as a filmmaker yourself, and maybe you took your film to Sundance, I don't know, but do you have any insight on 
because most of these films don't have distribution, like you said. So, uh, did the, how do you get in to Sundance to show your film? And then, like, what are the chances of that being picked up then from that? Um, yeah, well, I, I was talking to one of the uh, Sundance, I don't know what you want to call them, screener people. But they're one of the pe- programmers. So they're one of the people that have to watch all of the shorts, all of the films. And I think they said they had over, I could be completely wrong, but I think they said, <laughs> I think they said they had around 33,000 feature film submissions what? for this, for drama category alone. So, and they only accept, I want to say maybe 100, 200 films per not even maybe so the percent the percentages are crazy insane to get in to sundance to screen at sundance um but yeah i think the goal is for when you get to sundance is for or like all of these big festivals like toronto sundance Cannes, uh berlin um to screen your film and then get it picked up by by distribution of some sort and your film sting is that still in post-production or were you able yeah, to take it? Yeah, there? we wrapped over the summer. So we're uh, in post-production right now. And uh, I took a sales trailer with me and, and some footage with me when I went to Sundance. And I, I set up, I had a couple meetings set up with distribution there. I'm really interested in digital format distribution, like Amazon, iTunes, Netflix, VOD. That's that's really where the future of it's going and and as cool as it would be to have like a physical DVD copy or be able to go to like a red box and get a DVD copy of it. It just isn't that practical on a indie film level anymore. And, and the distribution is so wide on online platforms that it totally makes sense to go, go that route. I could geek out about that for, for a long time. (laughs) That's what I study here at school. So it is. Yeah. It's the future. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know they still make Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, the, for new releases and stuff, I got to think that it's eventually going to get very dwindled down. Yeah, yeah, and even me as like a huge horror fan and horror buff, I can't remember when I actually the last time I actually bought like a physical DVD of something, at least something that was new, like hmm. that was in theaters and then came out on DVD or a new DVD release. Because I usually will just buy like old older stuff so yeah i mean it's it's like the biggest shift in the industry since tv came around it's like tv in the 50s came around and changed everything but now with online and streaming and everything that's shifting everything Hmm. greatly as well oh yeah it's great and you know what for a horror movie or an indie movie that that we keep seeing this every time like a, a an indie movie comes on and makes a splash somewhere Everyone's talking about it. Oh, so-and-so, this is on Netflix. This is on Hulu. Everyone's, it, it gets, you know, everyone starts talking about it. So how many times does the movie come up and, you know, people, everybody sees it because it came on Netflix or something and everyone's talking about it on Facebook. Exactly, yeah. It happens all the time. Sometimes they go and they're only there for a, a few months and they're gone. But it seems, especially, you know, with the independence, no question that that's the place to go. Would you consider as a... I mean, you've made shorts and stuff, but Sting is your first uh, feature-length film. Yeah. And I don't want to come off like a total idiot, but since you're basically trying to break in, Mm -hmm. now, 
obviously you want to make money. I mean, we all got to live, right? But would it would it be a viable uh, thing to just release the movie free somehow just to get you out there? I think that having it free after, like having it for a set period of time, at least to make the budget back, you know, available on things that you would have to like, Amazon or iTunes where you do have to pay a little bit but then after a little bit of that then just putting it out where you could see it for free Mm -hmm. because I think at this point in the game it's more about exposure I mean money's nice I won't complain hey (laughs) but uh, I'll take any check you write to me but uh, (laughs) okay (laughs) at this this point in the game it's more more about I think exposure and, and just getting out there and getting uh, everyone that was involved in the project, they're them out there as well. Yeah, the reason I bring it up is just because with the internet culture that we have today and the world we live in, and you can almost get, if you look hard enough, you can almost get whatever you want online for free. True. And so, not that everybody's like this, but some people, you know, just aren't willing to pay money for stuff. You know, but they are willing to just watch something if it's for free. So I don't know if that would be a viable method just to get get your name out there as a first timer. What about the approach to have pieces of talent took? They did a little everything. Did you see that? What do you mean, sell it for name your price or something like that? No, they they streamed it on. They had their website piecesofthetalent.com, and they streamed it for free sometimes. It was available for oh, free, and then okay. they sold the DVD, and then they then they charged. Uh, they, they, I mean, they haven't been. I'm waiting for that movie to pop up on one of the streaming sites, but you know they have their own website, and they're selling the DVD, and 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 the name is out there. But they also streamed it for free for a limited time, and now they're streaming it for like two ninety nine or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. they streamed it for free to get it out there. People could see it, create buzz kind of thing, I guess. Right, right. You think that's uh, advantageous? Well, that's a, No, I think that's that's a interesting idea where they like... It, so it's like you stream it for free and then you like go back and forth. Sometimes it's it's in other... You could view it in other ways as uh, you pay it. Is that how Like on, on their website, I think I paid maybe $3 or $4 to watch it on the website. Yeah, but, I did too. But at a, at a time, it for maybe a few weeks or a month or something like that, it was just streaming for free. And then they eventually switched it back to where you had to pay for it, essentially. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they actually and – then, and they sold the DVD at all times for like nine ninety nine. And I believe they're doing it all themselves. I think, you know, if you order the DVD, uh, they're all coming from the same place. And I want to say it's right from the director. I mean, I don't know for certain. It seemed like a real bluegrass type of, uh, you know, I I could be wrong, but that's just the way it seems like the director and uh, grassroots. (laughs) (laughs) Pieces of talent are playing the banjo. (laughs) <laughs> it's as bad as what the fuck what did i say <laughs> fucking salesman yeah <laughs> i'm all fucked up man i don't know what's the matter with me. codeine yeah I, I should be on it i'm, I'm yeah i'm under the weather that's the problem because i'm in need of the codeine i think i don't know <laughs> oh, <But anyway>. man. <laughs> so can you describe in great detail the last 10 minutes of your film sting um 
<laughs> I didn't have the budget for Keanu Reeves, so oh, that kind fuck. of fucked over. Damn it. I, this is what I'll say. I'll do a little sting piece right here. Oh, I, okay. Uh, Exclusive. All right. Uh, exclusive. <laughs> well, we're hoping we... The trailer that I showed at Sundance was a sales trailer, and usually with sales trailers, when films are trying to get distribution of some sort, the trailers like show everything, including the ending. It's pretty much a three-minute recap of the whole movie. So it's not those aren't the hmm. trailers that you see online and stuff, obviously, because most of them, the good ones at least, don't show too much. Um, so the trailer that I had and the footage that I brought with me to Sundance was purely for, like, sales meetings, stuff like that. But the trailer for online, like on YouTube and stuff, we're going to be dropping it uh, Friday the 13th, March, Friday the 13th. Nice. And um, we're pretty excited about that because our first day of filming was June, Friday the 13th of last summer. So we kind of have this Friday the 13th motif. You're doomed. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, we're doomed the movie's gonna suck <laughs> um, so yeah the trailer will be out be out next month and um we're on facebook at stingmovie.com and stuff like that and the movie is is editing along nicely i'm pretty happy with it it's kind of like spring breakers meets wolf creek um it's about these three chicks who you know are drugging and rampaging and 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 they rob a store and they go on a cross-country road trip. And then that's where it turns into kind of the Wolf Creek element of the backwoods type of thriller where they're, they're assisted by this man. But then hopefully the audience will be surprised that there's twist after twist after twist. When it turns into the thriller part of the movie, there's twists loaded in left and right. And that's really what I like to try and do with my films is try and throw a twist in there because that's what I like to watch and something I like about horror movies. I can appreciate a good twist. So I definitely wanted to have that element in my first feature and, and try and throw, throw you guys for a loop. Uh, yeah. Um, the swerve as Dave calls it, mm-hmm. I, I think we should change calling it a twist because I, I don't know. I think that's too tied into M. Night Shyamalan and people what a twist. don't yeah. like him anymore. <laughs> so let's call it the swerve from now on. It's There's cool. swerve after swerve in this motherfucker. <laughs> I like the idea of three chicks robbing a store. I, don't, I can't think of any time that's been done. Yeah, not in horror. Well, I don't know. I There's probably a million. <laughs> You're on record as seeing every single horror movie. So yeah. you better be What's accurate. Really? Yeah, no. <laughs> No, it sounds really original. You never see three women robbing something. That's I don't know. It's that it sounds pretty. Well, uh, I mean, you got set it off with Queen Latifah. Um, <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to relate the movie to. <laughs> so, uh, Sting comes out this year starring Queen Latifah, uh, <laughs> not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Damn, that son of a bitch. Um, well, hey, you know what they always say in the business: if you can't get Keanu Reeves, get Queen Latifah. I mean, that's common. They play um, pretty much the same. Oh yeah, yeah. She she was almost up for <laughs> the fucking the psychic chick in uh, the Matrix. I forget her name. <laughs> <laughs> the Oracle. The or- She was almost up for the Oracle. God damn it. 
My <laughs> mind went completely somewhere else. I thought you were going to say she was up for Precious. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mind went completely somewhere else. Oh, my God. No. <clears throat> that would be a good movie, though. Queen Latifah in Precious and throw in one more chick and they can rob a store. As Queen Precious? Latifah, the chick. <laughs> the chick who played Precious. Yeah. yeah oh, those was... two. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Queen Latifah, Precious, and... J- Jada Pickett-Smith. Uh, <laughs> this has set it off, too. I'm... <laughs> ooh, ooh, they could paint their face like in Dead Presidents. Be perfect. <laughs> Be per- it could be a crossover. Guys, I think yes. we're making a movie here. Yes, <laughs> and then they could run into Mick Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to those ideas and a couple of Al- Alexes here. And, uh, yeah, Banana Laser Presents. <laughs> banana Laser Presents. Yes, first Banana Laser <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you need uh, uh, any uh, fundage for your next feature, uh, you know, we make tons of money doing this podcasting gig. And we could probably give you uh, upwards near, like, hundreds of dollars, you know, may- maybe uh, two. I, yep, yep. I, I don't even know where to begin i don't dave know does his own stunts too by the way bt yeah, okay great oh, well, yeah. we'll save money there too but um so your impost on sting now to me as being you know i mean it's a homebrew podcast and stuff like that but i love the editing process and the production of it so to me if i were to get into uh the industry it seems like the editing of a film and that would be just tremendous fun to me. Do you like that process? I it's the vein of my existence. Really, out of uh, all the nice process, because uh, I write, I directed it, and like doing all the pre-production, producing that, but then editing, it's such a tedious process. It's rewarding in the fact that it's really fun when you're editing something and you start to see it get together and and you're putting it together and it's actually coming to fruition. Like it's actually becoming a, a final product, but the pr- actual process of it is going through. I think we had like 17 hours of footage going through all of that, <laughs> like sorting through all of it has just been a pain in the dick, but it's, it's reward for me, at least for me, that's how I feel about it. But out of all the process of all of the different stages of making a film for me, editing would probably be my least hmm. favorite just because of how tedious it is. Really. Well, what would, well then what on the other side of the coin, what is your favorite? Is it pre-production or is it the uh, actual production? I don't know. I really enjoy the producing aspect and producing I think is involved in both pre-production and production. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I think those two I, I really gravitate more towards those two um, over the editing process. Not to say that because I'm working with a great editor right now, and um, he knows his shit, and he knows you know all the technical stuff behind it, which is something that's also over my head. The technical aspects of editing in itself is um, something that I'm not too well versed in. Hmm. Well, just imagine if you were editing on film. I mean, 
I, oh my god! Yeah, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> since you hate, you are are dislike it, the editing process. Then imagine actually physically cutting and pasting film together. That seems crazy. That would be nuts. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in post on Sting. Do you already have like your next project working on it or in your head? Do you where are you at with that? I have a couple things. Yeah, that I I'm scripting out. Usually when I script something out, I just make a timeline like I draw I get a huge poster board and I draw a line in black sharpie and I just make a timeline of events and um so I have a couple like ideas that are plotted out in that way but right now I think my main focus is to um finish up sting get that edited and and wrapped up and I would love to do some festivals with that and um move forward with the festival process and mm-hmm. and then go on with distribution and stuff like that. You also, I mean, you're you're a definite genre fan, but is branching off into, you know, other genres like something you see yourself doing? I would like to. Yeah, totally. I have ideas for a lot of different genres, but I think right now as I'm trying to kind of break in, it's good to have a niche. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm perfectly content with doing horror films. And I mean, I'm such a huge horror buff myself. So out of all the genres, I'm glad that that's the one that I'm trying to get my foot in the door and trying to get my niche in so I can get my foot in the door in the industry. Yeah, it, se- yeah, it seems easier to fall in. Like, it'd be more difficult to just come out being a, you know, a drama, you know, storyteller. Right, and I think horror is the genre that if you are an independent filmmaker, people like horror fans and and in general they they support independent horror films, not just the larger studio ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Especially I mean, nowadays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave fucking Rob Zombie like uh, ten large last week. <laughs> I hope to see something. From that, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um. <laughs> Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Not nude in theaters, Mila Kunis is an intergalactic object of desire in Jupiter Ascending. To see Mila in close proximity to another heavenly body, check out her sensational sapphic pairing with Natalie Portman in 2010's Black Swan. Something will be ascending, but it won't be Jupiter. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Showtime, Emmy Rossum is back in reaction on Shameless. In her first nudity of the fifth season, Emmy bared TNA while banging her boyfriend and even let him go down on her while she called in sick to work. And for that, Miss Rossum deserves an Emmy. And finally, it's time to make your voice heard at MrSkin.com's annual Peeper's Choice Awards. Check out the free clips on our Peeper's Choice homepage, vote for your favorites, and you'll be entered to win a new GoPro camera. No need to thank the Academy when you can spank the anatomy. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. The festival, too, I was there for like two weeks. This is going back to Sundance. So I was there for about two weeks, and... The main, a lot of people were there on the weekends, but not so much the weekdays. So it was, it was the middle of the weekday. I think it was a Monday morning. And 
it was pretty quiet out. It was pretty early in the morning. I had a bit of time between some obligations that I was doing. So I was just kind of walking down the main street area where the festival is and just browsing around. And I had a baseball cap and sunglasses on. And um, I'm just walking down the street and it was pretty quiet. No one else was really around. Then all of a sudden, out of the woodwork, like five or six paparazzi just come and swarm me and and start like flashing their bulbs and they were following me down like I was walking down the sidewalk and they were following me down flashing their bulbs and I was like what the fuck like who I looked to my right I looked to my left there was no one around and I was like who why are they following why are they taking a photo of me maybe they thought I was because I had a baseball cap and sunglasses on like Ashton Kutcher Maybe they thought exactly. Maybe I, they thought I had someone else, Ashton Kutcher, or Queen Latifah. <laughs> maybe they thought I was one of the two. And so, and so then I thought, well, this is kind. Of, then I got all full of myself, and and I thought, well, this is this is. You pretty started cool. posing. <laughs> I started waving to people. There wasn't anyone there. I was just pretend waving, pretend on the phone. But no, they were literally following me down the sidewalk, taking pictures of me. I was looking left to right, and I could not figure out why they were taking my photo and following me down the sidewalk. And I turned around, I turned all the way around and looked behind me, and literally two inches behind me, using me as like, because I'm a six, six foot two dude, I'm pretty tall. And so I turned right around and I looked down. And it's George Dakai, and he was using me as like a, he was like huddling behind me as if to shield off the paparazzi. And take, I turned Take around. the hit for me, kid. Well, I turn around and I look down and I didn't see him because he's not that tall of a dude in real life. And so I turned all the way around and looked right and he was huddling right behind me. And he just goes, hello. <laughs> and I go, how's it going? And then I just branched off and <laughs> left him to his own. You, you know, he, you should have said, oh, my. Oh, <laughs> when you saw him. But it was just total George Takai just, hello, in his dark, in his deep, you know, voice. That's so funny. But um, I'm sure if you, like, Google George Takai Sundance, you'll see George Takai some paparazzi photo of George Dakai huddling between six foot jackass. Come on. Don't tell me you haven't Googled it yourself yet. Oh man. Oh hell yeah. I would have. That would have been hilarious. Find it, but I can't, I can't find the photo. I think it'd be hilarious to find it. Got to get you back there, but wearing like a banana laser headband or something. (laughs) (laughs) Next year I'll wear Brandon. (laughs) <laughs> in hopes that George Sakai will find me again in that's, yeah right uh, I'm looking for George Sakai <laughs> am I seeing him? no we're supposed <laughs> to do this thing where I shield him I'm going to google that shit right now you know? <laughs> if you find the picture you need to post it oh it's going to be on the show banner <laughs> probably <laughs> star of the show George Sakai yeah <laughs> Yeah, Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, man, it's been great to to sit down with you and talk with you about your film and stuff like that. You want to tell the lasers uh, again, you know, where they can check your movie out or get info or 
stuff like that? Uh, yeah, so you can check out uh, the Facebook page. We are Sting Movie. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Sting Movie. And um, we're going to be releasing a trailer pretty soon here. And then um, hopefully get our uh, festival lineup in order and see where we go from there. I'm also on the Banana Laser and Skeleton Crew group pages all the time, so you can find me on there and and add me. Hit me up. Yeah, and if you guys don't listen to the Skeleton Crew, uh, Alex was actually on there last year. And yeah, I did... think I was on there when, right when we started filming the feature. Yeah, yeah, and yep. you guys get in really in-depth about that and stuff like that, so you guys should check that out. Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me, too. Yep. I, I listened to um, that skeleton crew recently, and I wanted to ask you, Alex, have you seen Halloween three yet? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, and... I watched it. I watched it over the Halloween season, appropriately so, and I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, uh, yeah, I'm for it. I'm pro Halloween three. The Adventures of Dan Chalice. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's a badass. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie, yeah, it's, yeah, it, well, we've said it before. It's a good movie. All right, oh. cool. <laughs> well, uh, awesome. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming aboard, and uh, good luck in the future, and I can't wait to see that trailer. Thank you for having me on, guys. Glad to be here. lasers that's our show episode 42 thank you for joining us on the first run of the carpenter retrospective with the fog uh we have christine up next i'm looking very much forward to that that's going to be a lot of fun to, to tap into uh we also got some other fun stuff planned for the next episode so guys any parting words for the lasers <laughs> i got a parting thought um yeah. oh awesome episode 42 jerry okay. springer <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, you gotta look at the camera though and do it. Be, be good to yourself and each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have I do have a better parting thought than that. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, episode forty two, the whole thing about the number forty two, I've just figured it out. Four plus two equals six. Mm-hmm. And this movie was all about six must die. So it was a crazy coincidence. We just happened to choose a movie. About six must die on episode forty-two. Dude, and you divide six by two. That's three. There's and three of the us. And magic number. Yes. And we're twice as good as we were before I got here. Wow. Uh, so three huh? and three is twice as many as we really, you know. Yeah. Wow. Three and, yeah. Three and three. Yeah. That and makes sense. <laughs> when we did the Skeleton Crew Friday vs. Halloween with you guys. We did eight movies against eight movies, the original eight of each one, and that was episode 88. Holy fuck. That is kind of weird. Wow, we never realized that until just now? That's ridiculous. So, until the next episode, lasers, whoever can hear my voice, look into the darkness, look for the fog.
Thank you for listening to the Banana Laser Podcast. Please be sure to check out Horophilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Banana Laser Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash banana laser. That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842 or send us an email at bananalaser at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening and keep on bananaing. Something like that. Banana laser wins every time.